Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Friday, the 19th of May, 2017. Jeff, why are you shaking your head right now? Don't fuck with me right now. Don't tell me my audio is messed up. Blink twice if my audio audio is messed up. (laughs) That's like seven times. I only need two. Oh, would it shock you that I actually had a meeting with Zencaster last week that said they were getting another round of updates this past weekend that was going to fix these exact issues? Would it shock you? No? Okay. I'm going to reform this room real quick. Jeff, do I sound okay? Yeah, you You sound sound fine. fine. You sound fine. Awesome. So for whatever reason, I uh, I will bounce out and bounce back in, and then we will get the show on the road. All right, what about now? We good? good. We fire? Oh, thank God. All right. Let me try that again. Clear my throat. It is Friday, May the 19th, 2017. It is Technical Alpha's 10th podcast, which means we are, I mean, damn, three months uh, and a bit in. At this point, and who would have thunk it? We are we are almost one of those fiscal quarters all the way through, uh, and we still have the exact same Zencaster issues that we did three and a bit months ago. But that's okay. We know how to fix them. We're experts in this field now. We have mastered the art of uh, of the Zencaster, so to speak. We keep the dumpster Gentlemen, fire under control. We do, we do, and really, if we didn't. How else would we get such great value out of our one and only emoticon here on Twitch? I mean, really. What oh, else yeah. What else could oh, yeah. we possibly do? Uh, so today we've got, uh, we've got a hastily put together list because I have a sneaking suspicion all three of us had batshit weeks of, w- of which nobody has stopped for more than three seconds. Uh, Jeff, you look like it you got hit by a truck. Was it, own, so. was it your own? Was it your own truck? And if not, and if not, and if not, then who did dude, it? Dude, I am, I'm spent. I'm literally spent. spent. The last, I have barely been able to stream. I've been trying to rent out uh, my house, trying to find a good family to uh, rent out one of my rental properties. And I just mm. came home like 10 minutes ago from sh- showing four different families I think I may have found one. They actually already sent me their application and stuff. So I've got my fingers crossed that when I do all my reference checks and their, all that fun stuff, that it pans out and everything is good. But I've been getting up at 8 o'clock in the morning the last couple of days. And then after this, I got to map out my yard sale route and wake up at 6.30 in the morning to go yard sailing. Um, so, yeah. There's that. Well, But on a bright well. note. I don't have to show the house any anymore until next week, uh, assuming that these other applications don't pan through. So I'll actually be able to do some streaming and, uh, you know, make a living because I have done nothing <laughs> in the last like three days. It's been it's I mean, it's a, it's a good problem to have, but it's it's tiring. This is the worst part about having rentals yeah. is uh, when people are moving and out and moving in quarters. And I had such a bad experience on one of my tenants that I'm doing everything like thoroughly now. Jeff's just asking so, him to go to the police station and get a background check and send it to him in the mail. Pretty much doing everything other than that. So have you sold crack in the last five months? If so, <laughs> I need to know because you're yeah. not allowed in here. Uh, yeah. Mr. Mr. Panic. Welcome back, sir. 
We had to uh, we had to get through uh, an entire week without you. So how was how was your little outing? Did anything week. catch on fire away from here? Uh, no, not really. Actually, um, it was just a lot of driving. Um, it was a ridiculous amount of driving. Actually, um, I left my apartment at like eight a.m. and I was supposed to get to my parents' house at nine thirty to grab my car. An hour and a half, but um, subway closures. A random parade which closed off Midtown, <laughs> and then um, yeah, just a parade like middle of the day, close close Midtown. So I'm like, all right. So someone was, was there close, a topic a cab. to this this parade, or were they just like, the, fuck uh, it, let's just go get some floats like, and have a good time? I'm probably mispronouncing this, but it was like some Chinese Falong Dong or Falong Day or some kind of like parade they were having. I know that one well. (laughs) Something like that, man. (laughs) Something like that. So I end up, I end up getting to the train station. I missed the two trains I wanted to take. So now I'm like, all right, fine, get on this train. Nothing else can stop me. It's just 40 minutes. No, we get to we get one stop away from the main Grand Central Harlem 125th Street. Like. There is bridge testing today, so we're going to, uh, you know, we're just going to chill for 40 minutes. And so it took you three and a half days to get to your destination is what Just to my parents' me. house. Just to my parents' okay. house. And then it was a nine-hour drive after that. Oh, God. I've only ever driven nine straight hours once. I never want to do that again. I'm good. That's I've, why I I've like experienced my car. It's comfortable. It. <clears throat> yeah, like yeah, I, I drove to be, do that again on I gotta Sunday. be in the mood for a road trip, man, and I have to have a bunch of friends yeah. with me because if not, I oh. I hate it. Oh, it's awful. It worked it. out because I just had Spotify and just hit. I'm just like, you know what? Just give me random music the entire time, and it gave me like awesome music the entire ride. So you know, if you can hey. put me in a car with good music, I'm good to go. Spotify hit us up with that collab. Is what is what Panic's saying right now. We need that collaboration with Spotify. It's actually like a, a like a bit of a circus to get a podcast onto Spotify. So eventually, I'm going to have to take a look into that and and see who I've got to you know give reach arounds for to make that magic happen. Uh, my week was was just one of those weeks where everything I attempted to do just never actually happened, including a meeting that we were supposed to have yesterday, and I got home like 45 minutes after that meeting was supposed to start, and I sat down on my computer and went, oh shit, I had a meeting today, and, uh, and so (laughs) that didn't happen, uh, but on the plus side, the weather here has been fantastic, and so I actually got out of the house today, and I let my eyes see light that was not produced by a light bulb for the first time in a good long while, uh, and uh, <laughs> went for went for a, a walk, which was nice. Uh, and I'm sure Mr. Black has been enjoying making his vlogs with all this wonderful weather that we've been having as well. Yeah, getting out, yeah, and, no, it's good. and going for a little rip. Uh, yeah, I just, but yeah, I just although went and got a, I just went and got um, a new cr- camera setup uh, for those that are like thinking about doing vlogs and shit. Wait, wait, if more since buying, I've last been? Or like... Uh, you got something else other than this camera yeah, stabilizer? Yeah, well, yesterday, yesterday. And while I'm explaining oh. this, Adam, rejoin, rejoin Zen. Um, but I got, um, I got a road... You can't explain this, because if I leave, you're not going to be heard. So just give, oh, me a, shit. give me a moment. Oh, okay. Well, then rejoin. Now I just have to signal to them that the chat... Has the new room. All there right, we go. There's one. Oh my There's God. one. 
All right. Welcome back. I am literally not showing up to the podcast next week if we're doing Zencaster. I'm legitimately like putting my foot down and I refuse to be here. I'm going to be on strike. It'll be the Nova War and Panic Switch <laughs> show. I'm not showing up. I'm literally not I'm showing up. I'm trying so hard. I don't care. making it I, so fucking hard. I literally don't care what kind of meetings they have or what kind of updates they we have. Just talk. It's not happening. We just want to talk. Anyway, fuck me. Um, yeah, I went. Okay, so f- for anybody out there that is looking to get into vlogging and you're getting a GoPro Hero 5, the microphone on that camera is absolutely ass. It is like full-blown AIDS. It's so bad, it hurts. It's gotten worse from the last uh, GoPro to this one. So I was using uh, my H4 Zoom, and I would hook up a uh, Audio-Technica, or actually, is it Sennheiser? Uh, Yeah, a Sennheiser microphone, uh, which sounds amazing, and I use on my other streaming room, but... When I'm walking around and it's like hitting my shirt and it's making fucking noises and shit, it's just annoying. So I went out and bought the Rode Micro, uh, which is like a little tiny camera or a little tiny, sorry, um, uh, microphone that can sit on top of your GoPro. Like a mini boom mic or something? Yeah, yeah, it's it's it like their mini shotgun mic. It's that's literally yeah. what it is, and it's got like this. It looks like you got a dead fucking rabbit on the top because it's like really fuzzy. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, that's a great microphone. Oh, it's amazing. So I I started using yeah. that today, and it's night and day. Unfortunately, I have to get another housing um, so that I can screw it on top of the GoPro. But be, like right now, I'm using like elastics to jerry rig it on there, and the stupid <laughs> adapter that you have to get for the GoPro Hero Five is massive. It just makes no sense. Like sometimes I'm even wondering. It's almost like GoPro is taking like ten steps backwards on their technology. It's making it harder and harder. But I will say that the camera itself is pretty amazing. Uh, the stuff that it can do. Like one of those small video rigs. Yeah. Well, and you know, you in, in the camera and then all your other stuff, and everything's independent. Yeah, so you know the good the good thing about this is now is the audio and the video is synced together, so I don't have to like sync things and all this other stuff. So I would highly recommend, guys, if you're getting and it was only I think eighty bucks Canadian, which is like fifty dollars American. Uh, go buy the little road. Uh, it's like a little shotgun, little tiny uh, micro. It's not their it, traditional. It yeah, great. yeah, it's not the traditional shotgun mic, which is like the no. road. The uh, I can't remember. I own that mic and it's great, but there must be a yeah, mini yeah. version of it. Yeah, yeah. They have the road video, and then they made a newer one for like the uh, mirrorless and the subcompacts called the video micro. It's actually mm, like, um, okay. I've used it before. It's just a phenomenal microphone. Yeah, I, I feel tiny, like it's so it's just on the camera. It, I can for, draw power from the camera. Yeah. Right there. Um, yeah. So for those that mm. are uh, listening. Um, it's this little tiny road thing. So this piece right here is what you clip into the GoPro. Isn't that right. just fucking stupid? Like you got to clip this in. This little piece is almost the size of the goddamn camera. And there's like no place to clip it. And if you have a housing unit, it is absolutely atrocious. Is that, like a, is that just a power converter for, for USB yeah, it, to... Yeah, so because you can't plug... There's no... There's no, there's no. Yeah, you just can't plug this in into the uh, GoPro. Yeah. So GoPro's it's got in a, a weird spot. I, I feel like GoPro bad. is is stuck in a in a bit of a limbo where they're trying to keep their cameras a certain size, and the camera technology has gotten as such that they don't have the room to really cracking uh, like cram in a, a half decent microphone. And so, so like, improve the video on the five so much from like the yeah. four and before. Like the video is really nice. 
but they literally threw and they put the touchscreen I think on it. I will just say threw out so many other useful features. I will say that the camera itself is way better than the Hero Three Plus that I have or a Hero Four. It has like a, a stabilizer built into it, and and it's got a screen on the back, so you can actually see what you're shooting, uh, which is great. Uh, and it's touchscreen, which is awesome as well. And the navigation's really easy. The biggest the thing that I love about too. it the most is it has voice activation. So all you do is say GoPro stop recording, GoPro start recording, GoPro turn off. And then that way, like when I have the camera set up in the car and stuff, I don't have to reach around and click something. I just say GoPro stop recording and then you hear beep, beep, beep and it's done. And I can say GoPro start recording and and it works now, did they, like did they flawlessly test that every time. With, with, with people jumping out of airplanes with Gro- GoPro strapped to their head. Probably. Like, GoPro. On the way Probably. down. GoPro stop recording. Just but it's, falling it's, uh, in. Oh, it's got its it's got its drawbacks. But anyway, I digress. So, yeah, yeah that's 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 been my so I've been enjoying the weather, doing lots mm. of vlogs. I'm going to be doing that shit all summer. I get put my bike in the shop on Wednesday. It's getting a new safety inspection sticker on there. So it's road legal. And then I'm going to uh, I've got all the harness and stuff for that. So between that, when I get my new car in July and the truck, I'm going to be out lots of summer doing lots of vlogs. And uh, and and hopefully um, there'll be a workaround so that I can do some IRL streams, out mm-hmm. and doing some things uh, so that I can stream Where as well. But if not, I won't complain. The camera on your bike, like Pardon do you me? mount it on yourself or on the bike? Where do you mount uh, the camera on the on bike? On myself. Yeah. So uh, I have a I have a ham uh, um, a head a mount uh, on the on the, for for my helmet, and then I also have a chest harness, so I can kind of choose which one I want to oh, cool. which one I want to use. I have the suction cups and stuff to stick it on the bike, man. But I get so nervous. Like I did a I, feel I did like a that shot. Just fly off. Well, I did a shot of me uh, with the camera suction cupped on the car on the outside, and like I was so scared the shit was just gonna blow off the the car. And uh, and ruin my camera, so I don't know if I'll do that. You but would I'll need like just... one of those. They have, they have like the suction cup mounts that you actually have to like use like a handle to clamp the suction on, as opposed yeah. to just sticking it on. Those ones hold through anything. Well, I the I, ones I where you it, just stick on. I worry about those. Well, that that's that's what it has. Like there's a little button you clip, and then you can crank it down so you can actually feel the suction. Mm. But it's still scary, man. Like when you've got like eight hundred dollars <laughs> worth of equipment and it's just sitting on your oh, car yeah. and you're going like 120 kilometers. You're just like this. Just seems like a bad life choice. That's I don't like care. Miles an hour. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's anyway. Anyway, no that's bueno. that's what I've been doing. Nice weather though. Nice weather. Oh, oh it's absolutely fantastic. Of, of course, tomorrow it's going to completely go away because it's Halifax, and we're only allowed to have like two days of good weather in a row. But that's all right. We'll I was supposed to drop we'll down to fifty it. here again. Yeah, like, what, 18, it's it's not that it's going to be like terrible. It's just that the the temperature is going to completely yeah tank temperature out. drops. <clears throat> um. So we've got we've got a, a reasonable list of things that we can talk about this week, gents. Uh, it's certainly not been as as scarce of a of a news week as the last few have been. Oh, yeah. So we uh, we've definitely picked up on a couple of goodies here. Uh, I thought the first thing we might we might want to talk about, despite the fact that I don't know how much experience um, either of you guys have with with the the series to this point. Uh, Destiny Two had like their big do here the other day. I don't know if that was yesterday, the day before. Um, where they had this big uh, conference thing where they were just cramming people in, all, all the writers and everything, to show off uh, Destiny 2 and, and, and new gameplay footage and discuss the changes for Destiny 2 and, and answer a lot of questions that people have had for, uh, for quite some time. Like, for example, uh, is it really going to come out on the PC? Is the PC going to be like... 
uh, super delayed in in respect to the to the console ones, and uh, and and just kind of. Uh, some you know other you know what are you going to do to the franchise? This thing's supposed to be a long running franchise, so what's going to happen? Uh, and there was some definitely some interesting information. So I don't know, like uh, I know I played uh, maybe twenty hours of Destiny One in total before mm-hmm. I couldn't play Destiny anymore. Um, but it did get excuse me markedly better over time in terms of how that game played out. Because when that game first came out, that was in my estimation. The way I described it when it first came out, it was the perfect 5 out of 10, meaning that you could not get any more in the middle of the road <laughs> if you tried. That was destiny for me. So did you guys... Did you, you were guys, the guy painting the line on the road? Absolutely. And my God, do they do a good job of dividing that bad boy right up the center. So what... Uh, do you guys have any experience with destiny? Yeah, I um, played um, I played about the same, maybe a little bit more. Hmm. Um, I here's Here's the thing. I I like the idea of Destiny. I, I I love the idea of it. I was really excited about it, and I most certainly will play Destiny 2 because it's coming to PC. I think that was one of the big barriers for me is just not being mm-hmm, able to play mm-hmm. it on the PC and just having to rig mm-hmm, up my PS4 yeah. and all this nonsense. Um, here's, here's, here's my reality. Um, I, you know, whether the game got better or not, that that doesn't really matter to me. The thing was is I loved the thought of playing a first person shooter in an MMO world um, that was kind of never ending. And then when I played it, and it was really exciting. Like I played like the first maybe ten hours, and I'm like, wow, you know, th- this is actually really fucking cool, man. Uh, I'm I'm going to planets. It's playing like a really good shooter. Um, Tyrion Lannister was the, yeah. the, the totally not guilty spark. Guilty spark. It's, yeah. it's like it's. It was really. <laughs> it was like something special. I was like, oh my goodness! Like I've only been playing this for ten hours. It's an MMO. I can do this for hundreds of hours. And then I almost realized, maybe not too far after, that I don't really want a shooter MMO. It's like I almost enjoyed. <laughs> playing a shooter and having and having a beginning middle and end so to speak and just kind of playing it for 10 15 hours beating the game waiting for the next installment to come out and kind of forget about the shooters um i love the idea about it but then when it was implemented i just didn't really care all that much it was like the wow factor quickly went away and although I still, I'm sure if I play Destiny right now, I'd have a damn good time with it because I haven't played it in a while. But I think after I play it for long stretches, I'm just like, eh, it's still another shooter. And I'm just like, eh, it's not really for me. Now, if this game came out eight years ago when I was really into shooters and it was like, you know, my coworkers were playing shooters and my, you know, everybody was playing shooter like Call of Duty. I mean, people are still playing that shit. But when I was really into it, <laughs> I probably would have eaten this game right up. I probably would have devoted a lot to it. But I'm a PC gamer, man, and I, I'm just like, I don't know. I, I have much more fun, believe it or not, playing a game like RuneScape that actually is an MMO and has real MMO feel to it, like on what an MMO is. And I'm sure that there are going to be Destiny fans right now are like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, Destiny so if you're playing is an, an MMO, MMO. You want to be playing an MMO. Yeah, like, you yeah. You don't want to like, necessarily, yeah. Yeah, like, it, it's keep just... keep that kind of separate. Yeah, I, and, and I don't know. We'll see. When it comes out on PC, I'll definitely play it. I'll definitely give it a shot, and I'm sure I'll like it. 
Uh, we'll just see if it can hold my attention that the first one didn't do. Yeah, I mean, for me in general, um, I played. I didn't play Destiny nearly as much as you guys. I actually lost interest about five to ten hours in because I realized what it was going to be. Um, and again, they had, pro- they had kind of a little bit No Man's Sky it for me, um, where they had promised so much, but like it actually wasn't like a super yeah. coherent like open world massive MMO experience. It really wasn't that. Um, the shooter component of it was spot on it's you know Bungie. they know their shooters they did it yeah. really well Very and well. it was a s- extremely competent shooter but then i just got there and i'm like everything else just feels so empty the loot system kind of felt shallow all of it i'm just like this is all like half-baked ideas that didn't quite make it mm-hmm. um i'm excited for destiny 2 because i saw what they're doing with it um I it's coming out on PC is a huge deal for me because I'm that's not as huge a fan of console shooters, um, and I feel like they're going to do a better job with it. But at the same time, I'm I'm still skeptical. So you know, I might not rush out and buy it on day one. I'll wait for a little bit, you know, just to make sure it doesn't run into the same problems of there being not all that much story, not all that much like content. Because like kind of like Jeff was like he wants a beginning, middle, and end for a shooter. I don't necessarily mind it being like a long run MMO style. But, you know, I don't want to have to grind the same raids and the same type yeah. of missions over and over. I actually want content like, you know, go on this mission that's actually different. There might be different things to do. If you give me that in a shooter element, I'm 100% on board. But if you keep I saying, really, oh, yeah, just grind the same missions, no go. I really believe, and, and maybe Adam can chime in on it as well, I believe that if we had a Borderlands MMO, it would serve, in my explode. opinion— it would be a way better experience than Destiny. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the characters or how vibrant the world is um, and, and how and, and how much they could do with that. I know that you, and hey, hey, you're coming from this is coming from a guy that played maybe a max of 20 hours of Destiny. Right. So I'm sure that there are tons of storylines, tons of, of planets to see and stuff like that. But I have a feeling, and from what I from what I played, and and this is a problem that Destiny um, has, is it didn't capture a lot of people. It did capture a lot of people's attention because they force fed it everywhere. There was ads for it. I saw a Destiny ad every thirty seconds on television. On buses and stuff everywhere. So you know the game got out there, and they spent a lot of money to acquire all these all these players. But I feel as though. There, that's their problem. And if people are going to make the argument, well, Jeff, you only played 20 hours of it. It's like, well, hey, man, if they couldn't capture me in 20 hours, somebody that plays so many different games, I'm not like I'm not a, a, a total stick, like a tough ass when it comes to critiquing games and get annoyed all that much. I'm a pretty easy guy to 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 please. Like if I have fun with a game, it doesn't matter how shitty it looks or whatever. I'm going to play it and I'll enjoy it. And although there was that enjoyment for Destiny, I, I just feel as though in an MMO setting, there's something missing. And it feels like they, like you said, they had a really good shooter and they just didn't know what to do with that. And they tried yeah, a, to make a game around it and the game just isn't as good as the mechanics of the game, if that makes sense. I mean, Blizzard did the kind of the opposite of Overwatch. They're trying to build some massive game with Titan and yeah. it did that it didn't work and they realized hey, this didn't work, but they knew they had a competent arena shooter. So mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we'll just go with the arena shooter. And they did pretty well with it. Yeah. So, well, you yeah. know, I feel like Bungie might have had that same kind of decision and they went the other direction when they did Destiny originally. Yeah. I, I mean, 
My my thing with Destiny was when I first when I first played it that um you know I, I'm kind of with with Jeff on this where if I'm playing an MMO I I do like you know an an MMO is still at its core an RPG of some kind nine times nine times out of ten because um an RPG it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be like a classical sense of an RPG but it usually gives you um a a lot of lore and stuff and and story to work with to to give a basis for a lot of of content that streams in over time right whether yeah. that's through expansion packs or whatever um and there are a, 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 you know a million and one ways of of how to um present that with gameplay and whatnot and with destiny um it did not feel at all like an MMO i it it didn't even like I, when I first played it, I almost thought this is kind of like Guild Wars. Excuse me, the original Guild Wars. In that um, I'm going into uh, a hub area of which I'm only seeing a a set number of people at any given time based on whatever the the you know game is seeding me into this this hub area, and then I'm choosing um somewhere that i'm going to go and then i'm going to get either instanced with other people that are looking for the same you know place and and same missions or whatever quest lines um or i'm bringing a team of friends with me and then that's it and uh but it felt even even shallower than that because uh with guild wars in order to get from point a to point b you might have been in an instant situation but you were still in a for all intents and purposes relatively open world in between the hub locations so with destiny though it was like let's go up into orbit and then let's load for yeah, five minutes in your ship, and then you can tell. let's and then let's choose where we want to go from orbit and then we'll go to there and then it's the same map that you've seen five times that you just go to slightly different locations yeah. for a different mission and did that over and over again and what made it worse for me, like, I can put up with that kind of stuff for the most part, uh, but what made it worse for me was before they brought in somebody later on to actually write a story, um, the game was quite literally light versus dark. Not even in the, not even in the abstract sense. It was quite literally not fucking light versus dark. It wasn't even, it was like, yeah. they'd fight, and, and when I watched it, I was almost taken back. I was like... I was like, are we really you going this way? You couldn't put a layer over this. You couldn't put a layer over this. You couldn't fucking like dust this with something to fucking spice it up. It's literally just light versus dark. Is this really what's happening? And it totally was. And then they no, they no creative took names. That no nothing. And then they expanded off and eventually brought in a writer and made it almost palatable at this point. And and I hope they continue to build off of that because I think the universe could definitely use some good writing and some some good characters and stuff and for the love of god and i'll say this about about this before um before talking about uh the uh, more the main point that i really wanted to talk about with this oh yeah um don't fucking lean on cade six so damn much in every fucking advertisement i don't know what the tone uh, of this game is supposed to be yeah, I have no idea. I love Nathan Fillion. Don't get me wrong. Nathan oh, Fillion's yeah. a great guy. And he's fun. Does Cade. Nails it. Smashes it out of the park. He might be leaning a little hard on Deadpool here, but that's the writers more than him. Uh, real hard. <laughs> so He's, so he's leaning so of, far, he's tipped over Deadpool. He's tipped over. You know, he's, 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 he's like, he's like dead. Cadepool. He's dead sauna. He's not, he's yeah. not Deadpool. He's like, he's some other random thing in the community center. So, you know, he's, uh, he's great. 
but I don't know what the fuck the tone of this game is supposed to be anymore because they've literally just made this like the Cade show now. I feel like in, in the first game, Cade became so popular that it, they were like, shit, we just need to blow this up with just Cade just because he's amazing. Uh, and here we are. Uh, and I think they need to reel that back a bit because... I mean, I, I if like if for all intents and purposes, their their lore and everything they're going for is quite serious, right? It's quite it's quite in a dark tone for the for for all intents and purposes. So to have to have all of your not marketing light. and shit, no, yeah, yeah, it's not light and dark anymore. It's a little more serious than light and dark. Uh, and so to have Nathan Fillion standing up there put, putting on his his best. His best Deadpool impersonation in every advertisement is a bit is a bit silly to me, but the main point that I wanted to talk about for this was, and what I found most interesting, it ties into the fact that Jeff is said he's you know he's going to probably play this one. Is it's going to be on PC? But the big announcement thing that happened here was we found out now where on PC you're going to be getting it, and that is on the Blizzard app. They are releasing it exclusively on... Ba- well, it's the Blizzard app. I actually put this in... Qu- in like I don't know if I put it in quotations on the thing, but I tweeted about it earlier. Everywhere Every called it publication, Battle.net. It was hilarious. Everybody's calling it Battle.net still. Every publication, even website, Bungie. and magazine, <laughs> even Bungie's calling it Battle.net, and Blizzard's going to be sitting there going... Michael Morheim you know, came and announced it. I, w- I literally watched the video. He announced he it Battle. As it will be on Battle.net. Yeah. He literally <laughs> said... <laughs> The CEO of the company came out. It, oh there's uh, literally said, "We oh want to make no. the announcement yeah. that Destiny Two will be uh, available oh. on PC using such good uh, Battle.net." Literally said, "Battle." I never saw that. In the announcement. That's even better. That's even Michael better. Morheim. The guy, yeah, the, yeah. He's, the, the, he's guy. the guy. Like you can't, he's you can't guy. blame it on, you can't blame it on no. anybody else. There, it's not like a leak. The dude legitimately came out and announced oh. it and said BattleNet. So that's there you too have it. Funny. I wonder if that's so, like their sly, underhanded. Okay, guys, we changed uh, our mind. We're just going to leave this as BattleNet. I wonder if that's going to forget that it ever happened. It never. Yeah, happened. I'm just going to sweep I, that under the rug. I, I think it's. <laughs> I think. I think instead of instead of I think debating it. For the next five minutes, it's Battle.net. I <laughs> mean, it's it. it's always been Battle.net. It's going to be Battle.net. The CEO came on, literally called it Battle.net. We already talked about that. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I, I wasn't bringing that up to debate it. I just found it absolutely hysterical that I was watching all these publications still call it Battle.net. And I was just like, that's just too well, fucking funny. Nobody wants to call it the Blizzard su- launcher. Yeah. No, nobody want to know what surprised me about that whole thing, though? Is One. that Activision has not done something like this sooner? Activision and Blizzard have been merged as a company for a very, very long time, and Activision yeah. has a lot of franchises that don't quite overlap with Blizzard. But Blizzard's had their storefront for quite a while, and they've done it pretty competently. It's not, you know, it's not like some be-all, end-all thing where they're trying to do everything. They deliver games pretty well, and they give you a way to do it. And, you know, instead of getting hit from, like, 30% from Steam or going to other vendors and trying to use their platforms, they had one in-house. So I'm really surprised they didn't think of this way I sooner. Think, but doing it with Destiny is a really good call. Yeah, I think they've—well, I think I think the biggest hurdle here for, for them internally is, is probably brand confusion, right? Yep. They're going, okay, 100%. You know, this is—this is—this is—it's a—it's for God's sake, it's called—now it's called—they should have left a battle net, because maybe then it would have been less confusing, because right now they want to call it the Blizzard app, and this yeah, is a decidedly net. not Blizzard yeah. title. And so uh, to have yeah. this game show up is a bit is a bit weird. Do I think it's a—do I think it makes sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 110%. Yeah. 
agree that it makes sense. But I think their hesitation in the past was probably to do with the fact well, that they're sitting there going, how do people well, look at this? Want to know the, I, I, want to know I, the I, hilarious I, thing, though? Oh. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it better be hilarious. Oh, no. <laughs> um, you can actually, in theory, end up buying Destiny with WoW Gold. Oh, shit. That's <gasps> right. That's interesting. Oh, that's the future. Uh-huh. It's never. No, I, don't, I don't know how many people. Yeah. Are, I don't know what the crossover for World of Warcraft and Destiny is. Probably not very big, but I like that. That I exists. Think, I think yeah. the the main reason why they didn't do this sooner is because as much as Activision is Blizzard as from the merger, um, there they they I think there's a level a standard a level of standards that they want to keep on that Blizzard app, and also if they were to commingle Call of Duty. And you're looking uh, at your Blizzard app, and you've got Overwatch, <laughs> StarCraft Two, Hots, yeah. Call of Duty. I mean, it yeah. just cheapens it. It cheapens B- Blizzard. It it it. You know, it's it's like, and although it, there it's under one big umbrella, there is still this distinction. Whenever people think of of COD, right, whether you love it or hate it, they think Activision, right? It, it's it's not pushed. You know, they're not saying it's a Blizzard title. It's not advertised as such. It isn't. It isn't known as such. So I think the fact that Destiny Two is coming and it is a respected game, uh, and and it's that's exactly what it is. It's it's just a respected game. It I think it's one that you can hold up against something like Blizzard standard as as a Blizzard standard as as the stamp of approval as like hey we're this is a Blizzard game like we're gonna put our name behind this as well. And sell it, and and of course they're going to sell more copies now that it's on this app, and people are just going to see it. Like when you log in, you're going to see uh, Destiny Two every time that you go on there. It's that little tickle is going to go. Well, should I just fucking buy this and and play this instead of before where you kind of actively had to go somewhere to buy the game and purchase it? Now you're going to see it every day when you boot up the Blizzard app. So I think it's a really smart decision. I love the fact that they're not adding everything to that because I'll be honest, as a Blizzard fanboy, and I've and I've said some shit about Blizzard, uh, but at the end of the day, I'm a Blizzard fanboy, and when I open up my Blizzard app, I know that every game on there I've played and every game on there has that stamp of Blizzard, and I know I'm getting a Blizzard-quality game, whether I like Diablo 3 or not or whatever, you know, you look at that list of games that are on there, and they're all pretty much heavy hitters. Uh, there's no fuckery on there, so I'm happy that they're keeping it that way, and it's probably why they wanted to do that as well. Yeah, I think they'll be pretty pretty picky choosy with just how much because they've done an awfully damn good job of keeping they don't those want two want comp- companies separate. Oh yeah. oh yeah, they've done yeah. a real good job. Just because, just like you said, you know, no, despite the fact that these two have been merged for quite a while now, a long time, most people yeah. uh, still associate. Don't even know. They maintain their independence. with Activision. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they've done a very good job with um, uh, with that at the moment. So, uh, all the power to them, and I think it's a smart move. I mean, people like were it. talking about people were talking about you know, oh, this is going to hurt them not going on Steam. It was a bad idea. I think that's a no. silly thing to say. I mean, it's not like Overwatch hasn't had 30 million people be, now uh, in one year. <laughs> yeah. They'll be I'm crying sure with their extra 30% of money. They'll be all right. Yeah, exactly. They're just going to be like those that, tears that, away. that gif. Just mm, what, what, uh, Woody, yeah. Woody, uh, Woody Harrelson just wiping the sweat off his <laughs> brow with his money. Let's, let's be real here, guys. If somebody wants to play Destiny 2, 
They're going to. They're, they don't give a shit if they're it buying it on Steam or they're no. buying it on. In no. fact, they're more likely to buy it on Blizzard side if they're if they're Blizzard fans and they don't really care about Destiny. That's going to add to the amount of people that are going to purchase this game and at least try it out and give it a chance. So I think it's a smart move. Um, and it also, you know, let's let Steam know that, hey, we can sell games, too. Like we don't we don't need not every company needs to go on Steam. Steam's a great place, but it's it, this almost feels too big for Steam. This just feels like uh, um, it, it warrants its own thing um, than, yeah. than just being on Steam. I, uh, I'm going to be honest. I love it. I'm actually kind of shocked that Activision doesn't have their own thing like everybody else is doing it right it's like it's it's like the peer pressure everybody's smoking weed you know everybody's doing it even fucking sally down the road's been hitting this shit daily like everybody's got their own launcher now i'm really surprised with the endless games that activision has and a lot of people stay within that Activision bubble oh yeah um, you know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they have because they have so much money. Efforts, fucking whatever, to to Activision. They literally just swim in it. They they went beyond their projections this year. They're, I think they're just I think what it is shitting money. Is, I think what it is they don't need to. It's like it's not an well, issue. I know they don't, yeah, so it's I'm like whatever. Don't want to do it. You know, it's like it's a headache for whatever. I think this Battle.net thing is is the next best thing, and to keep it very exclusive. Uh, I I love it, and I love the fact it's on BattleNet. Um, as yeah. much as as much as as shitty BattleNet can be, we know that the servers are good. Uh, we know that it's going to be some kind of experience in terms of adding friends and and all this other stuff. So I like it. Thumbs up for Destiny Two. Yeah. I will say before we move on, I did watch yeah. the gameplay. Um, gameplay looks basically the same as Destiny One. It looks identical. Uh, it looks. It, they did it actually some more stuff came out today, which is actually oh, a little it? bit concerning. The, the cracks are already showing a little bit um, because it apparently came out and they announced that um, there's no dedicated servers for the PC play. It's peer to peer, so it's oh, not like no. the other shooters out there. So it's going to be lower tick rate, and you're going to be at the mercy of the peer to peer shooter stuff. So that's, that's a little concerning terrible. to me. We'll okay, see what that's happens. A you know, everything else. We'll see what how it goes. But I'm yeah. a little surprised by that. That one actually came out earlier today while I was reading. I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that they're gonna start with that, and if it takes yeah. off on the PC, then they're they're gonna change that. I have a sneaking suspicion. I hope so. I, I, like hope so. I think even they aren't entirely sure how this is going to to fly on the PC. Yeah. And I don't know if they want to like commit so much resources uh, to it right out of the gate. And I think we all know they have the capacity to turn that around in a pretty short period of time. So um, hopefully that's not the case because that now, would do you guys think cripple them? Do, do you guys think that since it is on PC, do you think there's going to be a massive graphical or a performance difference from playing it on console to PC? Is there you guys think that? Um, there's going to be an upside tar- to playing it. They're targeting 4K 60. Woo! So I'd hope so. Yeah. No, they had yeah, so 4K support, uncapped frame rates, Woo! the whole nine yeah, yards on PC. And they, be, they showed a couple of 4K. They showed a couple of 4K images. It looks it looks great. I mean, it's it's uh, Destiny's yeah. aesthetic is is you know. Uh, something that plays well to consoles to begin with. That's obviously been good intentional, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bungie's always done well with with mixing uh, their their styles to you know make it look like a really nice game, but also something a console can can attack and not you know run like a a snail. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be very intrigued with how it runs 
on uh, the Xbox versus the PS4 versus the PS4 Pro. I think that's going to be really fun to see how they stretch that across uh, those uh, three variants. And then, of course, at the end of the year, how it runs on uh, the Scorpio whenever that arrives. But on the PC... I I mean I can't I can't expect it to to not run great on the PC unless they port that absolutely horribly, which is pretty hard to do these days yeah. uh, with uh, with many of these games because just because of the nature of the consoles. In the same vein, here with the Blizzard and all this and that, uh, let's talk about the Overwatch League because some some uh, some stuff has been uh, bouncing around here for a couple of weeks and it came to a bit of a head uh, here when Blizzard finally uh, talked about it a bit. Uh, without really clarifying anything, they just Blizzard just came out and poo-pooed everybody who was talking about information. It was like, now nothing's confirmed. You shouldn't be listening to that. No, no, no. Uh, and essentially, it was that. Um, as I update this thing, uh, essentially, it was that the Overwatch League, as it's in its current form, is rumored currently to be looking at a franchising cost. Of $20 million for a team to enter Overwatch League. I believe the comparative rate on like League of Legends is like 1.2 or 1.4 or something in that neighborhood. Yeah, whoa, 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 so, whoa, whoa, whoa. so $20 million to register a team to play in the league? The franchise cost for Overwatch League. They're basically trying to make they're this trying like to do regional NBA. franchising, yeah. kind of like, yeah, yeah, like you have like a city's franchise well, for Overwatch. I, 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 is it to my knowledge? I thought they were doing a a deal with ESPN. Um, I don't know. I've been hearing through the grapevine anyway, and I don't know. Maybe you guys. Well, that know would more be that would be that, for delivering were, the actual cast. I heard the twenty million was debunked, the, but I wasn't confirmed. Well, I mean, well, that's it wasn't, just ludicrous. It wasn't, it's, it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. It's not. I mean, it's yeah. it's neither here nor there. That's what I'm saying. They actually Blizzard yeah. came out. Like I said, yeah. all they said was like a bunch of like. Now this is coming from a bunch of people just trying to like stir shit up. Nay, nay, nay. Yeah. And then, yeah. but they didn't actually say anything else. So odds are, while it might not be 20 million, I bet you it's a hell of a lot further north than 1.5 or whatever the going rate is for other esports so, leagues. <sighs> I have a lot so how of do you guys feel? How do you guys feel about this? So. I mean, there's 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 some there's some you know obviously there's some clout to or or some you know uh, it makes sense to try and want to root this more like a traditional sports team because we've seen in esports all three of us what kind of nonsense tends to happen in esports when uh, when you don't make people pony up a whole bunch of cash because yeah. then you get a lot of idiots. Uh, yeah. in there ruining a bunch of stuff. So what are your guys' thoughts uh, on this franchising uh, you know, model and trying to you know, make it more like an actual sport? And how much money is too much for esports? Are we going 0 to 100 too quick here? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just let you... I, I, yeah, you I, 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 I'll chime in. I'll just chime in. Uh, listen, I am coming from a guy that, you know has made a lot of money off esports and I've, you know, I, my, my slither of the pie is very small in comparison to just to, to some other people. All right. Yeah. I know, I know the type of cash and, and, and people that are running teams, uh, players that are making millions of dollars, uh, team owners that are making tens of millions of dollars. Um, I know that their sponsors paying millions of dollars a year, uh, to have a logo on there and and all that fun stuff. Listen, there's money in esports, all right? But when you're going to charge 
All right, and and this is a rumor, but I mean, even still, yes. All right, say yes. say say five say million bucks. Uh, yo, yeah, okay. yeah. Say five. Half Let's it. Say five million. Yeah. Sure. Say you five million dollars. Now, I'm all for there. Obviously, there's got to be some kind of entry to get your name in there because that's advertisement. I mean, you're. Listen, it doesn't matter if your team is the best team in the world or the worst team in the W or the OWL or whatever it's called. They're 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 going to get exposure. So whether it's on television, whether it's on Twitch, um, on any type of, you know, the websites, whatever, there's exposure. And obviously that exposure turns into dollars as long as you're a good uh, you know, team owner, you're going to be able to monetize uh, said eyes watching you. And obviously, depending on how good you are, that's why you see a team like TSM that doesn't win everything. But I guarantee you the money that is going through that team is absolutely astronomical mm-hmm. simply because of the amount of eyes and the personalities and, and big players that they have on the team. So I understand that there needs to be that. And this is where a little bit of my bias comes because I feel as though there's a place for sports and then there's a place for esports. And mm. the reality of it is, I feel, and you guys can make the argument or people in the comment section can make the argument, I feel as though let esports be esports and let sports be sports. Just because, listen, there's a lot of people wearing the wearing the the button-up jackets with the fat pockets that want that notoriety. They want to be the big shot that owns an NBA team, right? But all they got is an esports team, and they know that there's a market there that hasn't been really tapped into. This is new. I mean, there is money being thrown around in places, and and the the ridiculous numbers. Oh, just stupid. And the smart people or the people that are savvy enough, whether they know a lot about the business or not, they're going to take advantage of it, and they're going to get hella rich. They're going to get filthy rich, and all the power to them. But I feel as though in esports, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to be the next NBA owner and they're trying to over commercialize and over legitimize what esports is. And the fact that the fact is, is the majority of people in esports, they don't give a fuck about watching it on TV. They don't give a shit about uh, idolizing people like they do in terms of you know, LeBron James or, you know, yeah, sure. There is the faker, the LeBron James of, of gaming. And there, you know, you have those megastars, but the, the reality is, is gamers are very simple people. They want to be able to go on, watch their players in places that they normally watch things. I mean, there are people talking about wanting to go full blown television. You've got league of legends selling out stadiums, which are, which is great. It's a great, a consumer experience. I'm happy that it only happens like once or twice a year and it isn't like a weekly thing or something like that. It's an event and it does huge. It does better than the Super Bowl. I mean, these numbers that people are, are th- these games are oh, pulling yeah, in nuts. are ridiculous. So if that's the case, then why don't we just stick it to the sports and say, listen, guys, trying to become you is actually a step be- is, a, is a step backwards. We're bigger than you. These all these sports teams are trying to be like esports. You've got all these big sports owners and all these huge entrepreneurs buying up these teams. I mean, fucking Tony Robinson or whatever uh, uh, just bought out a team liquid or some shit and him and his partners or uh, I think like Shaquille O'Neal owns a team or, uh, you know, all these big guys. There's a reason. There's a reason why these guys are buying these teams. 
because they see how much bigger it is and how much potential it has. But I think that esports is trying to emulate the the higher ups are trying to emulate because that is sort of the 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 enchilade of of uh, of 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 sports and entertainment. They feel as though if 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 you have this legitimacy like NBA or or MLB or or NHL, then you're a legit sport. But the thing is, is we're not a sport. And although League of Legends doesn't want to accept that, they want they want to be a sport. Um, and by the well, sounds the problem. of it, everyone Overwatch sports together into one thing. It's yes. so many different games. It's not just esports. It's exactly Counter Strike, League exactly. of Legends, Dota, like so, all different. So why not just treat esports for what it is? It's an esport. We're gamers. Let's celebrate like gamers. Let's create our own leagues like gamers do. Let's not try and emulate something that rich, you know, 80-year-olds that have been doing for for the last 100 years. We don't we don't give a fuck. At least I don't, and maybe a lot of people agree with that. Um I think listen, they're trying too hard. I think they're trying too hard. Yeah. There's plenty of money in there. Uh we don't need to be a sport overnight. Most certainly don't you need guys to be let one me overnight. Loose? I got a lot to say on this one. <laughs> go ahead. Um, I mean, I mean, go, oh yeah. Go, so, yeah, go for it. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, um, at the franchise fee rates of even five million dollars, um, you have to think about this. Like, I think they had. Well, I'm not sure how many exact regions they had set aside for it, but it was a relatively large number from what I've compared. And if you look at League of, League of Legends, they have some big name marquee teams. But honestly, for LCS, how many active teams were in that league running at any given time? It wasn't enough to handle a full franchise system. There's just not enough organizations at the moment that are built to handle that kind of cash flow. And if you have to, and this is where my big concern comes in, especially for esports. You have a lot of really young players. Yeah. You have people who are like 16, 17 years old. They have to deal with their parents. This is not like the NBA where you're dealing with people who are just coming out of college. Yeah. Right. And even that's just a going, problem. You know, even that's a yeah. problem. I mean, fucking and they NBA, have problems like, like they, yeah. yeah, they get NFL young guys players coming crazy. out. They're young. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so like and you have that problem. So like here's my thing, though. You have these organizations right now who, you know, yeah, they do deal with millions of dollars for some of the larger organizations. But if they mm-hmm. had to pay out $5 million or however many million dollars to get that franchise for Overwatch, one, they have to hustle like hell to get sponsors and more money to yeah. pay their players, right? Yeah. And I, I feel like, and especially just with years in esports and just seeing how some of these teams run, the players get ripped off on a very regular basis. They don't understand their contracts. They don't have attorneys. They don't even think they need attorneys. Oh yeah. Um, and and my concern here is that you know this is gonna this is like wild frontier territory. There isn't an organization like the NCAA. There isn't an organization like the NBA or whatever. It's Blizzard. And yeah, Blizzard's got some idea, but Blizzard's got an idea on how to run teams like they currently been run, where the teams kind of go off and do their own thing. I guarantee you there's probably not going to be mandatory salary requirements. There's not going to be all these other things. And in the end, I think players are going to get shafted, and they're going to kind of get screwed. Yeah, they'll do better off somewhat, but that's only going to apply to the franchise teams. If these franchise teams are locked in, like it looks like they're region locked by like city or area, that's not how esports teams have worked. You know, most teams don't have team houses. Most teams don't have these setups for that. Right. You know, so apparently teams are going to have to somehow get all of this money 
to build this infrastructure. Yeah, mm. it's going to come from these big older investors, but they're not mm. going to understand these models. There's not enough people in the industry who can say, this is how you run a team. Because honestly, most people don't know how to actually run a team. Yeah. Um, they're, they, they're just doing their best estimate and winging it. And some teams have gotten it right and others have not. So overall, yeah, um, Blizzard's going to get a ton of money from these franchise fees. But overall, I don't think the league quality is going to be as much as they want. Because one, Blizzard's not going to provide enough guidance, I feel like, to how to run an esports team. And you're going to run into problems with when you're dealing with young players because they're going to have to go out and recruit. They're going to have to, like, how are you going to get, you know, your Overwatch players are going to have to be over a certain age because if you're going to have to bring them to play regionally in some area, there's all sorts of restrictions and stuff. So it gets really complicated. And I feel like, yeah, you have a lot of really smart people at Blizzard and you have these teams putting together really smart and competent teams. But at the same time, esports is a completely different animal than they're used to. So it's going to be a mess, I think. Yeah, the um, I, I think I think there's I think there's you know a good and bad with trying to emulate what's going on. Oh, am I messed up? Is my voice messed up again oh, for yeah. you, boys? Oh yeah, you're modulating. Oh, the struggle is real. One sec. Oh yeah, I'm going to have to kill somebody over there, week, bro. Somebody, somebody's giving me some money back. Mm. Oh, full blown! I'll be right back. I'll be I'll be right back, boys. Full blown. Okay, there you go. Hopefully, this holds out for more than three seconds. So, um, so there's there's some there. I I think there's some good and some bad with trying to emulate it. But but there's but there's you know because I think there I think uh, panic hit hit it a bit there when you said you know it feels like the wild west. I think it feels like the wild west cuz motherfucking is the wild west. It's you know it's pretty much a crapshoot. It's it's every man for himself and there's reasons for that and panic talked and about that's where some people of those make reasons. money. You know, well it's it's you know it's where people make money, but I think it's 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 by nature that it's wild west now at this point. I think we're far enough into it than if it was going to be you know, less than the Wild West, we probably would have hit it by now. But a lot of the issues that you brought up in terms of the age of the players uh, and the regional aspects of it, the the money aspect to it, who can actually afford to uh, to run a team properly as a team, uh, you know, what that requires, sponsorships or Staffing, investment, management, uh, especially here people, in North America. Just... We're not talking about what it's like in, say, like Korea, where you've got entire telecoms backing teams this is this is this is just people pretty much putting their own money on the line and then saying hey uh we'll put all of our players with razor headsets if you give us some money please and then that's you know the the show other than winnings and actually performing and so uh i'm sorry i'm sorry but a a a five ten twenty million dollar entry fee and you got fucking razor headsets on you ought to just rethink (laughs) all of your Your life decisions Something yeah. fucking fierce because but if you know any what I mean. team, but, I know, I know, I just want to take a shot at Razor because their fucking headsets are garbage. <laughs> Straight up, I'm sorry. They do, they do. Make, they just, do I just heard millions, and I heard Razor, yeah. and I was like, yeah. listen, that, that's just it ludicrous. It, I, that's, Razor anyway, has a couple of okay of okay products, but yeah, the headsets not so hot. Two of them, not but, but, no. uh, but yeah, the. The you know that's the I think the challenge is 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 you know a lot of those things that Panic just brought up and it's why it's still the Wild West because how do you uh, how do you really jump to a franchise system where you're trying to emulate the you know sports when there's no like farm leagues there's there's no 
you know, in, in sports as it stands, almost regardless of which sport you're talking about, there is a relatively well-defined path from being a child in, in the leagues and working your way all the way up. And a lot of it goes into collegiate or, you know, university sport here in Canada, for example, um, mm-hmm. or in, you know, in hockey, you go to the queue or something along those lines, unless, unless you, you're so good in Canada, for example, you you get drafted by an American college, then you go down there, then you get drafted yeah. in the States. Um, you know, and that that kind of thing, I mean, think of football in high school in the States is absolutely, it's, it's like the Thunderdome. It's almost the, the friggin' Super Bowl by itself. Uh, there are defined paths, but that doesn't exist for esports. People just play on the ladder, they get pretty yeah. good. Somebody yeah. says, "Hey, I, you know, I'd like to maybe join this team or try out for this team." Or somebody manages to scout them. I don't even know how that works personally. I'm not going to sit here and Who's pretend I know how that fucking Who's, works. Wh- which like NBA somebody, like somebody, guy who buys a team is going to figure that out? Like, oh yeah, no, you're really like good at Overwatch. Just like sitting, like, somebody just sitting looking at like the the grandmaster level and going, "All right, well, there's ten of them here." Uh, I don't know this name. Let's call this guy up and see what's what's good. Like, there's there's not really any yeah. defined path for this shit, which means uh, you know there's there's not really any way to uh to uh, in my opinion to, there. to to just franchise something because you're you're putting the, the 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 cart ahead of the horse here. You're you're trying mm-hmm. to get the end point where everyone wants the structure of a franchise system. Without the underpinnings of what even allows a franchise system, in my opinion, which is obvious, which honestly is not a particularly educated one. This is just how I see it. Is uh, you're taking the underpinnings out out from underneath of it entirely and just saying, okay, we need a franchise because it will solve the problems that we have. Uh, so I I don't know. Maybe Blizzard has some far more grandiose plans for Overwatch League. It's been, uh, yeah. to my knowledge, delayed a couple. I want to know what already. they're going to do with the money. I don't know what they're going to do with the money from the franchise fees. That's what matters. Oh, in there like, what are they going to put it towards? Happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is going to like, be shareholder you know, money. It, what's is it going to go towards production? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, oh, yeah, we made a hundred million from eSports. Are they going to turn into like the NBA and the NHL and everything where they're going to have random like players going and doing Make-A-Wish Foundation as part of their contract? Like what? Like what? What is the end goal yeah, for like, all this money that's coming in? Yeah, I don't know either. Well, you know, what are... Is there a standard on what players are getting paid? Like, is there... You well, know, we don't know I, like, anything like that yeah, yet. Yeah. Yeah. But Blizzard's yeah, not like, going to be the know, ones playing like, the players. It's going to be the team. No. So what's exactly. Blizzard doing with so, that money they get from all the franchise fees? Uh, are they put, what just, events uh, are they putting it towards? I don't know. It, this this is like an even more expensive Starcraft What are Blizzard's costs? What sounding like right now. Yeah, what, are, what are Blizzard's <laughs> costs here? Yeah, exactly. So obviously, we don't know everything about this yet. They're 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 set to yeah, talk more about more it. So we're going to find out more as you know as the year goes on. And uh, so we'll find out more and we'll talk about it again uh, later on. But before we go to yep. break, I've got one more topic here to talk about real quick, and it's a pretty simple one. I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about uh, because I think all three of us probably have some titles here that that uh, that we were attached to in some way uh, growing up. And that is Sega has announced this this um, fancy plan uh, where I can't remember the name. Of it. It's like the road to 2020 or some weird. It sounds like some Olympic sport thing that they're planning, I, whatever it was. that They told their investors and announced to the public uh, where they have the, this plan on turning Sega from like this, you know, B-rated horror flick producing gong show uh, into something actually worth money. And one of their one of their plans in this is to apparently resurrect 
dormant IPs, dormant games that haven't been uh, around for you know many many years that did well when they were released that they mm-hmm. could look at and say people might be interested in actually seeing these, um, and it allows them to you know just just like they've been beating the dead horse that's Sonic the Hedgehog try and come up with a game that people might actually enjoy uh, based on universes that already exist so they don't have to spend the money trying to create a new one. Now, they're also saying they're going to make some new stuff, but the big thing that everybody, you know, obviously focused on was, holy crap, you know, if they're saying that, what games are they considering bringing back? Because Sega is sitting on a number of greatly loved games and franchises that hasn't they, you know, they haven't seen the light of day in forever. Uh, and so I, w- I wanted to, to talk about this just to see from you gentlemen if if Sega in its road to 2020 uh, could come out with a, a, a game for you guys uh, that was uh, an already existing Sega property, what would that be? What would you guys like to see Sega do or bring back uh, in this effort to, uh, I guess, become more relevant in the year 2020? Mm. I want a non-shitty Sonic game. I, <laughs> I actually don't. Like, I, lo- I, actually I know. I understand where you're coming from. I just care. love Sonic. I would like just like a non-shitty Sonic, like a good platformer. That's it. Yay. Man, Not, man. Nothing else from Sega. Yay. Yay. <laughs> They've been trying, dude, but they've been trying that for 20 years and they haven't hit that shit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think the, the, the train has come and gone on that yeah, one. Yeah, I have to yeah, agree with that. I have to give Listen, up. Listen, it's the only game that they've been making constantly, shoving <laughs> down people's throats, and they can't even do that right. Well, so, they, no, they have, other, they have other successful franchises like Yakuza and stuff that they've been doing pretty well. Sure. Yeah. Well. Yeah. They haven't. Yeah. They haven't messed up everything. But for some, I think with the Sonic yeah, thing, honestly, it's that they they just they're convinced that nobody wants to see a two D side scrolling uh, Sonic anymore. Which yeah. coincidentally, the one that's coming out is totally two D side scrolling Sonic. So mm-hmm. you know, maybe this is coincidentally the one where they say, "Okay, we finally we give in. No more werewolf Sonic. No more weird and wonderful characters. This three D world bullshit that never worked. We're gonna finally drop that." You know, Sonic Generations was was half decent, but that's only because it was half 2D. So, so I don't know, I don't know how much longer they could have gone on with it. But so this new one coming up you, is apparently. Have you actually read the bit? Have you actually read the Road to 2020 plan? I haven't, actually I haven't read the whole, the, uh, whole like. I read. I no, read I over most of it. About uh, what does twenty. It say, about twenty. Twenty to thirty percent of it is talking about pachinko machines, bro. What? Well, well, Why? that's because they're a Japanese developer, so they have to make their money yeah. somewhere, which means they have to take all they're of our love franchises and say, we're going to make a game for this, and then everybody goes, yay! And then they say, for Pachinko. And then everybody goes, oh. Uh, yeah. All right. What else, what <laughs> else is there? Full Konami. Full Konami. Anything else um, that's no, actually going to help they're them? Not talking about th- they're not talking anything super interesting. They're, um, they're just saying that they want to look over their titles. So this sounds like they're just telling all their investors, hey, we're going to look over all these like IPs and franchises we had a while ago, and we're going to try to figure out, one, how to make possibly new games for existing consoles, possibly make new games for like our existing machines, and then also see if we can buy if, if it makes sense, we might do another console. But they, they said mm-hmm. that very loosely. Yeah. This is like all think- speculation. Yeah, I, I would I would say that if they if they even if they even had a passing thought, they need to turn into like a fucking uh, like a, a priest 
from the 1700s and just find the nearest branch and start whipping themselves to clear themselves of that thought because that shit would put them in the ground so fast they'd be dead before they even got past the concept phase so uh outside of that and obviously not sonic but mr black do you have a a sega franchise or a game that you'd like to see them come back with I mean, I'm trying to think here. I'm just looking at them. Uh, the reality is, is yeah, the, the, the thing is, is there's not really a whole lot that they have that I'm interested in. And I think it's mainly because they've been dead for so long that mm-hmm. I'm no longer invested in the other franchises that I was when I was 12 to 15 years old. Well, let's old. just say you're not even really, you know, All right. like, you know, obviously, okay. if... I mean, uh, you know, uh, obviously I'd go out and buy Jet Set Radio, but that's just not going to happen. Um, I th- I think the closest thing, I would love to see another Gunstar Heroes. Um, oh, shit. It would be pretty dope, it, you know, kind of like a modern uh, take on it. Uh, you know, the Golden Compass, uh, I guess, m- might be kind of cool and newer. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I don't. I, I'm just trying to think of games that could could make an impact on this generation. Right, obviously, obviously, I was going to say Jet Set Radio Future, and and coincidentally, when they announced this, my Twitter feed blew the fuck up with people retweeting. There was a publication that that put up a like a like the four selections of, of Sega games and, and, and Jet Set Radio Future was one of them, or just the Jet Set Radio universe, right? Not saying just remaster this game and put it out, but like make another game in this, in this segment because with the Switch and everything else, it seems to make all, a whole lot of sense. People are definitely, I think, down for this kind of thing. And uh, it was like it, it, it took 80% of, of the votes and there was like uh, like over a thousand plus people voting on it and, and just people been spamming Sega for months with mm. Jet Set Radio. Like uh, it's, it's it, obviously I think it would sell better than almost anything that they were going to come up with. There's mm. um, there's something to be said with the fact that we're seeing um, – brawlers be a bit of a thing uh again uh, like steam has has been this home of of uh side scrolling kind of brawler type deals i think streets of rage might be able to uh to put a dent somewhere uh for the amount of money that they would have to spend to make a streets of rage game i'm sure it might actually do relatively well uh what about fantasy star online that game was fucking huge when it came yeah out. and i also i also just want to say i don't know why in the fuck i said the golden compass so i want anybody out there to i was just actually totally i was look, about... i was trying to be i was trying to be nice about that because i was thinking yeah. i don't even know what's happening right now but uh, well but, I, yeah. I i i saw the name on there and i thought it was a different franchise and okay. it's not the game that i thought it was no. so no, i want you to just totally choice. disregard that and okay. and yeah yeah <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> okay. I do like I do like the Streets of Rage thing though. I think that's okay. There you go. I think that's cool. But I mean, guys, we're sitting here. We're trying to we're we're trying to figure out, you know, the 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 Sega comeback is really a Streets there of Rage not. like a one off or a Jet Set a one off. <laughs> Really gonna do it here? Well, well, is this really well, the comeback? No, well, no, you know? but they have to start. But they have to start somewhere. Sega doesn't. I Sega's, I don't think sitting on a, on a title right now that's going to be their one their one key to rule them all. Right? Mm. They don't have they don't have a master key somewhere. 
where mm-hmm. they say if we release this this old franchise and bring it up to now, it's suddenly going to save our company from dying. Uh, so I, I don't think that's the thing. I think they need to. I th- I personally think Sega needs to actually earn some goodwill with the fucking uh, yeah. gamers again. Uh, yeah. I think that's their first step, and and so you know taking some of these franchises and doing a pretty good job of it and not hacking it out is a, a likely a good start and then let's worry about coming out with some blockbuster shit uh at that point make maybe sega doesn't need to do blockbuster stuff maybe sega does just make um you know some lower end uh not super triple a titles maybe that's okay yeah. people like that shit now they don't need to have all the pomp and circumstance of a 50 million dollar game to enjoy I mean, it, so. I, th- I think there's most. I agree. I think there's a market there for Sega to come in and just create some really good middle of the line, uh, mm. not quite triple A titles, but the quality of triple A kind of that that uns, you know, kind of like they have an opportunity to come out and be a company that are a publisher that people respect like a, a games that come out and are like, you know, I'm going to pay my 60 bucks and I'm going to get a fucking good game. I'm not going to get some regurgitated shit. I'm going to get a good ass game. And I think Sega has an opportunity for that because I even PlayStation or, or Xbox, there's a lot of crap. Um, and I think mm-hmm. Sega is, a, is, is big enough that they could either start green lighting a lot of these indie games that may just need a little bit more of a push, a little bit more of a budget, um, and then kind of, kind of, instead of going from like, you know, we brought up no man's sky instead of going from zero to a hundred, you, you, you get a game like no man's zero sky, you get, you, yeah, you and you, you just give them that bump, you know, just enough to bring up that, that notoriety, that level of like you know, from a B legitimacy. title to an A title instead of triple A. Exactly. And I think that if they did that. Uh, I maybe, maybe just maybe because I, I Xbox and PlayStation are just, you know, boom, boom. And when the Scorpio comes out, it's going to be even fun worse. To play, fun and to play so games. they're trying to one up each other. And I think if you have Sega in there going, hey, I'm never going to be as big as either this or this. But guys, if you want some good, consistent, great quality stuff right in the middle of the line, maybe with some hit sleepers once in a while. Bam. You know, don't need to compete. Just be your own thing. What? What if what if Sega emulated to a degree Nintendo's take on the whole gaming market um, without the the console shit? So what if they looked at it and said, "Okay, we need to not compete like you were just talking about, make some kick-ass mobile games for like tablets Uh, and stuff." Yeah, and say, "Why don't we do Nintendo's doing mobile stuff? Why don't we try and work our way a bit harder into mobile stuff?" Uh, because mobile done right can earn you a lot of of like high margin cash flow oh, yeah. in the gaming oh, yeah. segment that uh, that could allow you to go and do other things if you wanted to. Here's here's something that I, that I would be almost interested in in doing uh, or seeing from from them personally. I, this is probably an unpopular opinion if there was ever one, but I'll say it anyway. Um, I, I like, one thing that I do like about Nintendo is that they have put a huge amount of their classic games available on the eShop. Uh, you can go back, you don't have to emulate them, you don't have to be dicking around, there's save states and everything else, and you can, you can enjoy a lot of Nintendo's old catalog, uh, in a convenient, easy to access manner. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sega's biggest boon period was back in the 90s 
where now you have to emulate a hell of a lot of these games. They've, they've released some of these games in various ways and various platforms, yep. Uh, yep. but they're kind of spread out and weird. I wouldn't be against a a uh, a an app thing uh like a blizzard launcher that allowed oh boy, me to have access here we go that allowed me to have access no it's not that complicated it allowed me to have access to all of like or, or like a huge portion of sega's uh 90s hits and would this? allow them to put their new games on the same platform okay. and just kind of right. uni- and just kind of unify them because i think sega is one of the few publishers in a in a position that they have the catalog that they could do that and I don't think people would be all that upset. Sega doesn't, you know, people don't look at Sega and and look at them like the you know EA or Ubisoft or shit like that. So when those guys came out with their own shit, people were like, "Fuck you, get bent." If Sega comes out and says we can do all this shit, I think that might not be the worst thing in the world. Well, what about just the Genesis uh, Mini, kind of like what Nintendo's been doing? Come out with their own version of it, and Bob's your uncle. You know, you got all your classics on there. It gets it gets Sega's back in the houses of people. Gets you know gets a Sega product in the house. You know not not some a uh, PlayStation Two game with that 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 has Sega on it. Um, but to physically have a Sega Genesis, even if it is a small version of it that has Apparently those classics, they already because, have one. They uh, have like there a mini is, one, but it's like there uh, is, I, and I own game. it. I own it, but it, yeah. it it's not. It's not I, like I think a, the one the that I have thing. got like four games on it or some shit. Um, I'm talking like an HDMI plug-in, just like the, the the Nest Mini. Have that come out, and the the reality is, and people will argue with me about this, but I don't think I, I think I'm right. There isn't nearly as many classics on the Sega as there are for Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and stuff like that. Now, there are most certainly if they came out with the top 30 Sega games, you know, they would be fire Sega games. But there isn't much beyond that that the public are, are, like, screaming for. Obviously, there'll be, like, cult hits that certain ones that people are like, I, did you ever play that? No, man, you got to play that game. You got to fucking play that. I'm sure that there would be some of those that wouldn't be put on there, but for the majority of it, if there was 30, even 50, but I think 30 is a good number, kind of like what Nintendo did, and also gives them an you opportunity. You don't want to overdo it. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 that too. And it also gives them an opportunity to make another one or to add to it down the road if they wanted to. Um, I think that'd be the perfect way to get Sega back into the homes and you'll be, you know, there might even be a way for them to figure out and track, uh, what games people are playing when they get that, uh, you know, is everybody just booting up Sonic? Is everybody booting up Streets of Rage? You know, is every, is there a way you can connect that to the internet or, or get some kind of feedback on what people are playing and then go from there and say, Hey, you know, we sold a million of these things and 900,000 of the people that that got that all went right to this game. All went right to this title. You know, maybe that would start to to speak volumes and they could yeah. use that uh, as a way of, of launching another game. Cuz I'm cuz I'm thinking I, I'm thinking if they did something if they did something on the PC side where it's relatively, you know, they don't have to invest in any kind of hardware. Even if it is something like a, a NES mini or or whatever. There's a fair amount of logistical you know backflips to do there uh that that might not be worth it for them immediately 
But if they did something like that to start with on the PC, and I know a lot of these games, like we've already mentioned, are like on Steam or whatever, I don't think that matters all that much, to be completely no. honest with you. I think I think Sega just needs to f- maybe find its its name again and, and to give people a, a reminder of what the fuck Sega is, because Sega's got some good-ass shit under their belt. Uh, and if they really want to have a full revival, they do need to start somewhere. And I think if there was to be anyone... I'm not saying that they should come back to the console race uh, in the traditional sense, where the last time they tried to enter the console race, they tried to go toe to toe with PlayStation and Xbox. That's never nope. nobody's going to come in and do that anymore. What I think they could do if their PC venture with no hardware is successful over time is take a similar route again to Nintendo, who's going on the cheaper end of the spectrum, handheld-related stuff. Sega's already done handheld and did it. Your know, Game Gear was fire. Other than the fact that you literally burned through $500 in fucking batteries, batteries. in a single half hour. Uh, other than that, Game <laughs> Gear was, was, was really nice. They've, they've been there, they've done that. And I think Nintendo is already... like they, Nintendo is proving currently that people actually want, want to have a hybrid... Uh, yeah, they they don't necessarily. There's a market that doesn't necessarily want to be using a phone to do their gaming, but they also want the mobility of a phone uh, to do their gaming. Whether that's for they're they're getting on a train to go to work, or they're traveling on a plane, or they're in a car with the kids, or or what have you. And I think if they start on uh, on a platform side app on the PC where they have all their catalog and they're promoting their new games on the same app and they build that up and it's something that's easily easily transferable to a handheld related device like that that can take the experience from one to the other and keep it all in the same house just like nintendo's been slowly doing just it's just that nintendo's been paving the way nintendo's been taking all the falls they've been the ones getting fucked up because they've been taking the risks if if sega allows nintendo to take the risks and then say we're just going to take the good stuff from this uh, I think if their plan is is shooting out to 2020 and beyond, I think that might not be the worst thing to do. I'd be re- I'm really interested now. The fact that they came out and said they have this roadmap to 2020, I want to know what the shit that actually means and what that co- you know eventually boils down to. I think the road uh, leads nowhere, dude. Be, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Fuck Nordsville. Absolutely. Some talk about a, a <laughs> road leads to Canada. Back road leads to Canada. Coming out. I mean, I I want to see Sega do well because I do. There are a lot of games that were on you know Sega that were were great, but I but I don't have a hell of a lot of faith in Japanese developers. Period. I just don't. You want to know uh, something? And I'll leave it at this. I you know what? I part of me just hope Sega never makes a comeback. It's time because to stop. My memories <laughs> of Sega are good. Mm. Uh, the games that I played are, were great, and they never really fucked their franchises up. It all kind of stopped on a high note. Streets of Rage 2 was great. Gunstar Heroes is great. Jet Set Radio is great. Sonic was great. And that's the one that they kept going and they kind of donkey <laughs> shit. And there were mixed, there were a couple of titles throughout the years that had some, some good Shinobu value to good. them. For sure. They're not all bad. But I, I, I'm, it's one of those things where it's like a movie franchise. Don't, don't reboot this. Don't don't reboot this. Just say, you know what? Keep keep the little titles you got going on right now. Nobody really cares about you. I mean, there there's a small group of people that that are, are hoping and part of me hopes, but there's a big part of me that's like, nope. 
Don't bother. I'm happy the way I am. I got my PC. Nintendo's doing some fuckery shit. Let them let them keep doing their fuckery. And PlayStation and Xbox are leading the way. Let them duke it out. And uh, I'll await Naughty Dog games. And we'll call it a day. I don't need you, Sega. It was fun while it lasted. That's great. I love Sonic. He's a cool little thing. I'll buy a plushie. But that's the only money you're getting from me. <laughs> Stay dead. And let's go, Scorpio. Don't suck. <laughs> That's Jeff's in Microsoft. That's your ending right note. Now. Let's go. Yes. All right. What? What? Do you, what's your ending note for this panic? What do you got? Um. Uh, Jeff convinced me. Um. Let's say go sleep. Um. Let them keep doing their little RTS stuff that they've been doing. Um. Yep. I don't feel like they have it in them to do some big comeback. You know, they've had a lot of time to do it. You know, what, what's going to make now different? Um, you've got the big players doing at it. If Sega wants to go ahead and make games for like the other consoles, go ahead. You know, make some, bring some of them back. But you know, just make sure they're not shit. You have a lot of experience making shit with the new Sonic games, so mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. learn from it. Don't, don't, don't rest on the Japanese laurels of we know what the view, or we want, we know what the player wants. You know, because they clearly haven't. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, let's, I, I think let that's, them sleep. I think that's honest to God. The biggest hurdle for them will be at the moment. Any singular Japanese company wakes up and somebody goes, wait a minute, we don't actually fucking know what everybody wants. We should probably just pay attention to them because they've been screaming at us. Yes, my audio is probably messed. It doesn't matter. We're going to break here momentarily anyway. But uh, but with that, I, I wish them all the best. I hope they make a comeback. I'd love to see Sega yeah. come back and not be ass, but it's probably not going to happen. But a man can dream. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to break as I uh, restart... Zencaster for the 86th time on uh, this episode. So uh, sit tight. We're going to do a little bit of a sellout. When we return, we've got lots more good stuff to talk about. So we hope uh, you continue to stay with us. I just realized I didn't update the patch notes again. I'm good at my job. Give me a cookie. We'll be right back, ladies. Sit tight. Hey, guys, if you're enjoying Technical Alpha and are interested in supporting us, do I have a solution for you? We've set up a Patreon page to help us help you help us and you! We've got a list of options that would make a used car salesman cry that provide you with a range of goodies for your support. Head on over to patreon.com slash technicalalpha to see what's up for grabs. Do you like badges and stuff? Subscribe to us on Twitch TV to get, well, badges and stuff. Technical Alpha is live-streamed every Friday at 8pm Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash technicalalpha, so if you're in the neighborhood, be sure to stop by. Listening to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, or another podcast app? If you're having a good time, be sure to give us a thumbs up. It's a simple thing, but it goes a long way in helping us reach more people. And really, more people should be able to judge us feverishly. It's only fair. Honestly though, while we like to joke about the cello, just being a regular listener is a huge help, and we're incredibly thankful for all of your support. Technical Alpha will continue soon, so sit tight. All right, ladies and gentlemen, while I say these words that we are back, I am looking closely at the faces of both gentlemen to make sure that everything is okay and we're fine for now. But for how long? Yeah. For how long yeah. will it at be okay? At what cost? At what cost? Yeah, before we Roughly get started. Roughly $20 a month, actually. Before we get started, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we're getting money back. Uh, <laughs> before we get started, I want to give a shout out to uh, everybody on Patreon. Um we're going to release another Retro Versus uh, next week, right? 
Uh, it, it, it's I just I just did the edit today and uploaded it so we can release it oh. whenever we could even release it uh, after this cast is done I can edit okay. it and have it have it up and, and good to go so when people are listening to this they'll be able to know okay. Patreon tiers well, five dollars and higher will have access to that next that next retro versus where Jeff and I are uh, we we played super play action excuse me super play action football. And I also got two Nintendo controllers, so I do have oh. those now too. So I got yeah, have those. We confirmed, have we confirmed working condition? Yes, they're working. Ah, so we're, we're good to go. Can Adam's on that, hands so. actually hold them without like no. breaking himself? No, no literally not. impossible. I almost, I almost killed like myself on Tasmania. The <laughs> next time we get together, we will do regular Nintendo. So yeah, if you guys want to go check that out. Uh, $5 or higher on Patreon will get you access. You can view those by heading to our Patreon. It'll be under your feed. Uh, so go check that out. Also, uh, Panic, you should have the deliverables soon. Yeah, um, I actually have a date for them. They should be coming around the 26th or 27th of May. Um, okay. And then I will work out um, the packaging and the photography for all of that. And then we will be starting to send those out shortly thereafter. Yeah, also, yeah. guys, um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not. But we can Panic, announce it if you want. Yeah, Panic is is going to actually fly down to Halifax, and we're wow. going to do, um, we're, we're going to do. Uh, <laughs> You're technically uh, a, up. <laughs> yeah, up to Halifax. Um, we're going to do an, an in-house podcast out in my other room where there's like three theater seats. It'll be a really cool setting. We're all going to get together and do it live. And uh, the main reason for that is uh, we're going to be signing all of the merchandise. So we need to kind of get together to do that. And Panic has got to give us a whole bunch of stuff anyway. So not only are we going to do – there you go. And we and he get those for us. Um, not only are we going to do a live podcast uh, here, but we're also going to sign all the posters, all the um, – you know, stickers or whatever is going out, uh, and we're going to deal with all that. And then on top of that, uh, I know that there are certain tiers and things that people get, say, a signed poster. Um, we decided that if you guys stay supporting us for so long, we don't have the exact numbers yet, but it's likely probably going to be around the $100 mark or so. Um, so say, for example, you're a, a $10 tier, right? And I'm just throwing these numbers out hypothetically because we don't know exactly yet, but say you're at a $10 tier and you've been supporting us for 10 months and in total you have $100 you've contributed over 10 months. Uh, we are going to do something special for certain tiers. So this may be a signed poster that you can only get at the $100 tier or whatever, um, or it might be a special edition t-shirt um, or it might be a special pin or something. We're going to figure something out because there are people, there are a lot of nerd ballers out there that are supporting us and we love you and you're going to get all your special things and, yeah, and you're pretty awesome. Show. You know that, that nobody else can get, but we also want to give a little bit more to the people that are staying behind us while we continue to grow this podcast and allow us to, to keep doing for so this long. for so long. Um, so you know, just because you're not throwing a hundred dollars a month or fifty dollars a month, um, even if it is a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars, know that there will be levels to this shit, and you will receive uh, some other cool stuff uh, once we hit those benchmarks. So I wanted to do a little shameless uh, plug there, but also inform you guys that we haven't forgot about you. Everything is ordered. 
Uh, and it's it's coming, and Panic will be coming up to uh, Hell yeah, of I don't know what I learned about coming up, though. Traveling to Canada, not Canada, travel, traveling to Halifax sucks. Big time. Yes. Yes, Big it does. Time. Yeah. Yes, it's a it's destination not fun at all. place. It's, they're, they're, flights are expensive, and there isn't many oh, yeah. of them. And, and it's just that simple. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there it is. The so let's continue on with the second half. Yeah. Let's roll. Yeah. No, that's 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 all good stuff. So you guys can uh, to look forward to all of that, uh, uh, of course. But for the second half, as always, we've got lots of not necessarily gaming-related stuff always, but this time we do have a bit of a tie-in here. Uh, just in the last couple of days, it was announced that apparently uh, Netflix is going through with a Witcher series. Uh, so let's preface. Let me preface, preface this by uh, by saying that I am uh, amazed with how much in-house content Netflix is currently producing. It oh, is man, insane so to me. It is an enormous amount of content, and what and what's actually more impressive to me is the average quality of Netflix content is actually really freaking good. Like, there's not a lot of terrible shows produced by Netflix. So or movies, or movies exactly. Yeah. And so, if there yeah. was going to be if there was going to be a place in which a video game related series is going to exist, I'm okay with Netflix being the one to take that uh, you know initial dive. Uh, and go with it. Now, I should say that it's not necessarily based on the games. It is based on the books Novels. that the game is based on. Yep. So here's the thing, though. Um, I actually I have read um, th- uh, three of like the four whatever books around. One of them is like a collection of short stories of them. I have actually read right. them, um, and the games are very much the same thing. The first game actually has a lot of like a lot of the characters in the games are ones from the book, and they are faithfully represented. Um, like it's mm-hmm. not like they just took a lot of creative liberties. Like the characters that are in the games are all there. The descriptions are actually very similar. Like Geralt and all the other characters, very, very. Like the games are very faithful to the source material. Um, so overall, I think they're going to do a good job with that. The big one though is for Netflix. They brought on the author of the actual novels as Ooh. a creative consultant on the entire series. Okay. I mean, you kind of have to. I mean, you, you well, know, that's the thing. Like, like, they, they, like other other film producers have tried to make The Witcher before. They've had two attempts where they tried to make a TV series and a movie before, and they bombed horribly. So much so that the author literally said, "You know, it's you know, it's Lent. I can't actually say swear words for how bad these turned out." Mm. So, mm. like Netflix actually said, "We want you to consult with us and actually be a part of this project." You know, he wrote these books yeah. like 30 years ago. So, you know, it's, it's I am, well matured source material. I Coming from somebody that never played really any of the Witchers, uh, Adam convinced me to try the first one years ago. And I did play like six hours of it or so. They're very um, dense I, games. Yeah, I, I never really got into them. And I have to say, I'm just by how well the Witcher does, like in terms of selling games Anybody ever say, guys, should I try The Witcher? People are like, oh, my fucking God. Yes, Jeff, please play The Witcher. Mm. The Witcher 3 mm-hmm. is the single greatest thing to slice bread. I'm hearing nothing but good. I haven't yet to hear a single person tell me that The Witcher sucks. I have It, it doesn't exist. I haven't heard it. And I think if anybody tells me at this point, they're only doing it out of spite because I just said nobody's ever told me that The Witcher sucks. So not only. Would- what is it? 
Oh, I would, I, yeah, go, go ahead and finish your thought. I would actually argue I have some cool things to say about The Witcher after that, but go ahead. Okay, I, I, I not only think that if there is a video game, or I guess it's really a novel, because it's you know, you know where it kind of began, the novel series, I think if there is a, a novel to uh, TV adaptation that is also in the video game world, and where it's really got its big notoriety, um, I think The Witcher's perfect. Not only does it play, and I'm just looking at just the concept art and the way the game looks, not only is it a little bit of a play towards Game of Thrones, because it's got a Game of Thronesy look to it. Now, I haven't played the game, but it's just looking at it. Like, I'm looking, I don't even know the main character's name, just looking at the dude. He looks like... Uh, like, uh, uh, what's, what's his face? The, uh, uh, Jamie Lannister, if he had gray hair, like, you know, I can see sort of him <laughs> playing the character, you know, I, I can, I, I'm, I'm loving the concept art. It's, it's, it's very games, Game of Throny. And that's the new thing. Everybody wants to be like Game of Thrones because it's the big thing. Um, and I think that this here serves its its purpose, it would do well as a TV show. If they try to make a movie, it'll be a disaster. Kind of like everything else they try and do. But I think a game like this you wanna, is going you to do well part? over you know thirty episodes, right? I think it's gonna it's gonna be able to dwell d- dive into the story, the characters, the the world building. Um, kind of slow burn it. It seems action packed. It seems very. Uh, mysterious i like that but it seems rugged and uh dirty almost uh i love it i i love this idea i'm excited first netflix series i've been excited about in a very long long time let's wait to see who the director is and who is cast that's that's gonna be the big thing the big thing on The Witcher is it's actually older than Game of Thrones by a couple of years not by much but a couple of years um and it's actually i would say equally as gritty, if not grittier in a lot of different aspects. Um, the Witcher is a lot more about the monsters and like just like a lot of like politics and stuff, but it's not as like politics and like king making as Game of Thrones. So there's I, I suspect this is gonna be there's gonna be a lot more let's, like action. Let's and also make the distinction cool to my knowledge that this is this is a, a Polish author, correct? Yes. I know it is one a Polish thing, author that, sucks ass. I'm just gonna throw that out oh, there. Yeah. Wait, what's that's success? It. That's Zencaster. Oh, I'm fucked up again. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, all the way. Oh man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm about to ma- name this cast something anti Zencaster just for the the biggest. No, you're going to because it's the last time yeah, we're ever using them. Uh, we're literally them going to say fuck Zencaster. That's going to be the name okay. of the thing. Okay, I'll be right back. Okay. All right. So anyway, Polish Polish uh, author, correct? And the, these are um, they're also the Witcher series is based. House. Right. So it's it's based. The Witcher thing itself is, I believe, based on Polish lore. Correct. Yes. Like I'm not crazy in saying that. Okay. So I was going to say the re- you're saying that it's grittier and all this other stuff. Poland is not the house of of fun times nine times out of ten, especially over the course of basically ever. 
So I'm going to say that there's a good shot that uh, whatever they, that they're going to come up with is probably going to be a bit on the harsher side than, than what we were getting out of George R.R. I eat at a Chick-fil-A 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Martin uh, is coming up with in his mind not to take anything off a of Game of Thrones because it is quite... It is quite nice. I just so, I wonder uh, how far they're going to take it, though, because a lot of the books had yeah. some pretty interesting scenes in them. So I wonder how far Netflix is going to take it. Like that's what yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, because I mean, what's like, are the, they going to go full the, HBO? Yeah, well, what's the craziest thing that that Netflix has got going right now? Uh, if you can think of it off the top of your head, like as far as a Netflix in-house thing, I mean, what, they've it, got like a bajillion series. No, but I mean, in yeah. terms of like, and I mean, in terms of I how mean, how Narcos, Daredevil, all dark of them had some pretty sex, violent scenes. The whole and they got pretty dark. thing, yeah. Um, they never went. They never I mean, went too far got, with the sex stuff. No, they went, I mean, but they have, what's the one uh, about uh, suicide called? 13 Reasons or something like that, I, I think. Oh, 13 Reasons Why. Yeah, so that's coming back with another another season. So obviously, if they can tackle a topic like that, I'm going to assume that they can attack, that they can, you know, attack the whole oh, yeah. uh, sex thing. they've got rated R series yeah. and shit. Like, yeah, that's exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, so oh, yeah. Uh, I think it will probably be fine. I, I'm excited about it. I Like Jeff, I'm in, particularly interested in who they're going to cast. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I saw some people. I saw some people suggesting uh, what's his name, Mads. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, oh, Mads Mikkelsen or whatever. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, th- I saw. I, I saw some people suggesting Mads for for Geralt uh, as as the lead, which I could kind of see. Mm. Uh, I guess off. he might be a bit but, old though. Yeah, he might be a little past where he needs to be for for Geralt, but I can see where they're going with it when they suggested that. Uh, I, but really I don't, I don't personally have anybody I can think of off the top of my head that that suits uh, a Geralt. I, I see Jamie Lannister, man. That's that's who I Do see. You? I see. I literally see. I don't even know the guy's name. Um, who who plays Jamie Lannister? Because he hasn't played in a whole lot of stuff. Few movies. Um, he can definitely hold his own in terms of like being on the screen. Uh, I just see him. I'm I'm looking at the character right now. It literally looks like him. Mm. It actually looks like him. You put some but makeup that, on but, Jamie uh, Lannister, and, and I know this is. Got- I'm probably projecting a little bit here. Okay, I don't know. And by a little bit, I mean I'm probably projecting a lot. I don't know if people want to see Jamie Lannister also play Geralt. Yeah, but by the time the movie comes out, the Game of Thrones will be wrap. Or sorry, the TV show comes out. Uh, Game of Thrones will be wrapping up. Um, they are planning to do. They have planned four spinoffs. Uh, I I highly doubt uh, that that you know Jamie's character. You never know. I mean, I, I don't know uh, if if you. If you would. So I'm so I'm sorry. So I just saw somebody Lundgren. in chat say Dolph Lundgren. No, it's not a chance. Not even. Not oh even my a god. Bit. I mean, I love Dol- Dolph's a great dude. That dude is is awesome. But no, let's not let's not let's not go there. Uh, but that that I'd that be okay with them picking some no name people too. I want no name people. Yeah, I I don't I I don't I want I, I want, want some an actor. big names. But I want some no names too who are good. I want I don't, a seasoned I want the big actor. names to be like not upfront. I mean, well, think about it. It's TV. I mean, what kind of big actors are you really going to get in there? The 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 type of I, I wanted I, I, like. I once again, I don't know why I don't know this guy's name, but I think somebody with the notoriety of Jamie Lannister, somebody that is known that has held up a TV show or have been in movies or whatever, that people know him, uh, that are going to get people to watch the show. 
and then kind of have a supporting cast around there, maybe some new some newbies, maybe one good character or like you know one kind of known character in there that makes an appearance. You know, you throw in um, uh, what's his face, uh, Hannibal Lecter, dude. Uh, man, why can I not oh. think of names right now? Anthony Hopkins. Uh, you know, it's you, one of those. Anthony, days. You, yeah, you throw in like Anthony Hopkins, kind of like how he is in Westworld, where you mm-hmm. you you get a seasoned actor that isn't big in movies, but can definitely act the hell out of the thing, give it some legitimacy, give an important an important character or figure in the show. Um, but kind of have a, a middle of the line, yeah. Like even somebody said in the in the chat, like a Sean Bean or somebody, somebody that is known enough, but not obviously. You're not going to get like a Brad Pitt or a, or a you know a Tom Hardy or somebody to come in and do this show. You're just not going to get that. Period. They're not going to go down to the TV level. I don't care how big Netflix is. You might get some one offs like Idris Elba did for a movie and things like that. But for the most part, even all these Idris Marvel Elba TV. Yeah, of course, uh, that's did, where he, he got his Luther, main career. But fantastic. I'm talking yeah. about I'm talking about now. Like Idris Elba uh-huh. went and did uh, a, a movie for Netflix uh, where he's like a warlord or whatever um, that did well. But to get Idris Elba now in his career to go and do a Netflix series is just not going to happen, right? Uh, it's it's you want to get somebody at that that stature, but not obviously uh, too big. Um, to, to, to play the role, I think, kind of in the middle. I don't want no nobody coming in and trying to become a star. I don't want that shit. I, I don't want it. I want somebody that knows what they're doing and with a good director and make a good fucking show. Because I don't know the character anyway. I need I'd like, I need somebody yeah. to, 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 to make the character their own. I'd like I'd like somebody I don't want them to just like pull like a Harrison Ford and oh shit the carpenter just became Han Solo type shit. I don't I don't want that much, but I'd like somebody who's not particularly crazy well known whether it's TV or film. I don't want a type to play Geralt. Uh, yeah, and then to have uh, one or two more well known people play supporting roles to yep. give some some legitimacy you know some legitimacy gravitas. to the show some gravitas some fucking testicles to the show um and and allow but allow the main character to not you know solely ride on the back of somebody who's who's just a face that everybody already uh already knows but uh i think there's great promise for for the witcher series uh just the fact that netflix is doing it by itself tells me that there is a small percentage chance that it sucks like they've just been producing almost straight fire for every show that they've been putting out. There's very few shows that are that are anything less than at best mediocre, and there's only like two that I think I could, I've ever they've been throwing uh, out a lot into. of five out of sevens. Exactly. So um, I think I think uh, I think it's something that most people can definitely look forward to, and not worry about it like a video game movie. I don't. I think people's biggest hurdle for this one might be they're they're going to look at this like a movie where all the game movies have been. I don't think that one's been hit or miss. That's a game. Yeah, I, I, I think they're going to be miss. like this is a new thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, that, yeah the video the game the movies fact, have been Russian roulette with seven bullets full in the chamber. Well, one. Yeah, they're just going to be like based on the, the novel. Fact, by they're going to say the fact that the uh, is coming from novels and the fact that Game of Thrones exists. It, and and the fact that Game of Thrones is on its way out, this mm. is going to just it gives us any room. any doubt. Yeah, any doubt that people will have, they're just going to give it the benefit of the doubt. And Netflix is going to produce a really good show. So I am. You know how I see completely this completely all the way for it. 
I see this like Vikings. That level of that show. Could go over real well. I think yeah. it'll even be bigger than Vikings. I think well, it'll be. No, I think it'll have a bigger production. Of, a better... In terms of like how it's going to look and feel, like that that mm-hmm. level, I think it's yeah. going to be similar to a Vikings. And I, I Vikings was fantastic. I came into Vikings like three seasons <sighs> deep or some yeah. shit, and I think Vikings was fucking epic. We came in five seasons hell. deep, and the wife and I binge watched every episode. So uh, yeah, I enjoyed it's good it. Stuff. It's, it's it is good stuff, and I can see that too. Um, when yeah. I when I think of The Witcher now, especially if it's in Poland, um, I I, I you can could get see some like, of the guys that were in the Vikings. I can see Game <laughs> of Thrones, like when it's snowy, like at the wall and stuff like yeah. that. I've I envision that sort of look, and we all know that they're gonna try and copy Game of Thrones sure. in some way, shape, or form. So I think that's gonna be the feel for it. So The Witcher is actually its own in own like world and universe thing it's just based on mm-hmm. polish mythology so like a lot of the monsters and stuff are like ancient polish oh like, okay myths and yeah. Yeah, yeah that's how it works yeah. but they yeah, made yeah, their yeah, own yeah. like full universe yeah so we'll see this is going to boil down to director and uh cast that that that's you, that's what's going to boil Jeff, down from where, where i'm going to go from excited to why well, i'm you know <laughs> I know you two. We'll, we'll I know you two know directors more than I. I don't, I don't keep track of director names all that often. Do you guys have anybody that you can think of that you might think matches up with this? Um, I don't know who could hand like. There's a, a lot of directors that can do Witcher correctly. Um, because the source material for The Witcher is very good. If if you know, mm-hmm. as long as they're not getting too creative or they don't deviate too far from the source material, they already have gold. So we, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to say James Cameron, but we need like a James Cameron level for TV. And I know there are a couple of those. I just don't have the names off the top of my head. Um, yeah, you know, if they can just like be faithful to source material, they're good. Yeah, it's it's TV it's, directors it's are hard. tough um, because there's a lot. There's a the, the the thing is is there's a lot of directors. I mean, I could start spitting some names out there, but probably a lot of people uh, don't really know who a lot of these directors are because believe it or not for a show like game of thrones there's multiple directors so you there'll be like yes. two episodes where uh you know a, a director will come in um and then there'll be another whatever uh for example uh alex graves uh who is a producer director uh he did some game of thrones stuff he's done some west wing um he, he's done he's done a few a few really, really good shows. I think we're probably going to see the same thing as well with this. I think we're they're probably going to do a whole bunch of different directors. And I do believe that Netflix has an umbrella of directors that they outsource a Did lot of their from? material to. Yeah, so it will probably see you know some people from Daredevil come in, do a couple of episodes, and then kind of the feel of uh, of what's working and what isn't. It will kind of for season two, as long as the show does well there'll be some gradual uh, more oh consistency God, just, in terms of who's directing more episodes. I just pictured like doing a Witcher scene in like the Daredevil one shot camera for like the action <laughs> fight. And mm. it <laughs> would be amazing. I'm just like, that's why I'm looking off the side. Like that would be amazing. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, th- I think, yeah, I think there's, there's a number of people that could do it well. And like Jeff said, there's, I think they do have an umbrella of people they pull from, um, and again, I've got great faith in Netflix. I think they've been just smashing it. So I'm not going to say anything, but, but, you know, go Netflix, have fun with Whether it. If, make it. If it was HBO awesome. or Netflix, I'm equally as excited. Absolutely. I really exactly. am. 
Absolutely. Um, here's something that I was excited about, but now I'm pensive about. I'm a little, I'm, I'm, I'm neither here nor there about it. Um, and I'm interested, especially in Panic's opinion on this. And that's Star Trek Discovery. Uh, they came out with uh, a trailer for this bad boy here uh, this week. Yeah. I don't think it was even that yeah. long ago. It might have been yesterday, the day before, or something like that. I know Jeff doesn't give a fuck about Star Trek, so I, I don't have to worry about that all that much at all. But but I know Panic is is a big Trekkie, um, and I'm I'm only like 50% of Panic, but I, I was interested in it because I would love to see Star Trek make a comeback to TV. Um, oh, let me guess. My audio is is messed up. You know what we need to do? We need to go. We need to go to the Star Trek universe now, where audio communication just works. Uh, we figured it out in the future, and so give me give me one moment. Oh. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, it's incredible! Oh, it's incredible! It's it's like a twenty out of ten. This is the greatest service ever. Everybody should go and yeah. buy into ZenCaster. Except yeah. don't. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. want you to take the money that yeah. you were going to give to ZenCaster and just burn it because it's actually uh, probably more entertaining and more useful. Uh, than uh, than spending your money. So on Star the- Trek. So Star Trek. So Star Trek. So Star Trek is Discovery. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, so they put out their their trailer, uh, and it's uh, it, you know it looks like they've got all sorts of production value on this show. They're pumping mad money into it. It looked mm-hmm. great visually speaking for the most part until I saw Klingon, and then I almost projectile vomited instantaneously. Uh, I don't know that what the hell they did to was them. Straight fire. Like full on raging until dumpster fire. The, and, uh, until uh, and yeah, uh, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> the uh, um, the 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 Klingon thing threw me. Now I can get over the Klingon thing. Whatever. The thing that actually bothered me more was that in the trailer they said that this takes place a decade, ten years before Kirk, Spock, the Enterprise, whatever. Okay. And yet, the the technology in use here somehow looks <laughs> more advanced than the movies we've been getting lately, uh, based on that same timeline. So I don't I don't know how I feel about this in general. The Klingons look like the uh, reimagined Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, except painted brown, uh, and the, uh, the everything else just kind of seems whatever. I'm not super sold on it. But then again, we've only seen a trailer. What do you think about this panic? What was your take as a Trekkie? What was your take on this? Look, um, at this point, Star Trek has kind of gotten to the point for me where they really, really need to let go of the old canon and kind of start doing new canon again. It's fine if they want to say this takes place in a certain year, but there's just so much lore and history in different universes at this point. It's getting really cluttered. Like, you have the movie universe, let that be the movie universe. You have the TV universe, sure, you want to place this, say it's a spiritual successor, but it's taking place, you know, at this point in time. And just let it go, because Star Trek was made when technology was very different initially. It's got a very different feel now. We've come so far technologically that, you know, them saying, oh, yeah, it's like 300, 400 years in the future, I'm totally fine with them, like, kind of doing the visual retooling they did. And with the visual stuff that I saw in the trailer, I was really cool with. I'm fine with it. Yeah, the ships look more advanced. It's things that I would expect to see hundreds of years in the future. Um, and all the, like, it looked pretty, and I'm fine with that. You know, Star Trek needs some flair to bring people back. You know, you can't have, it can't be as cerebral as the older series. This is not going to draw on people. People don't care about that stuff nowadays, as tragic as it is. So they need to have that flair. They need to have that action impact. The thing that really, really upset me about the trailer 
um, was actually the dialogue. I, I hope the show is not as overly dramatic all the time or as built up as that trailer was. Like, there's like, and the dialogue was just horrendous. Like, it had none of the intelligence and none of the other stuff. You know that, what? You know, you know Star what the Trek would have. Trailer was. My species was like, f- yeah, that one formed that's over one time specifically for one thing only, and that's to sense death. And I sense death coming now. And I almost, I was like, are you se- who wrote this? A five year old? The hell yeah. kind of writing was that? <laughs> so them reimagining the Klingons, I'm okay with. Yeah, they look a little bit weird. Yeah, it's fine that they look alien because guess what? They're friggin' aliens. Like. That's what yeah. the Klingons are. So, you know, them reimagining it, yeah, maybe Klingons don't have the long flowing hair and braids like they did in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. You know, like they don't look like Worf. They're not that humanoid. They want to have that form. They want to have that menacing aspect. Guess what? They're Klingons fucking are probably going to be the dude. An- they're brown. Yeah, they're going to be the antagonists orcs. on this. So, uh, you know, <laughs> if they want to reimagine this stuff, I'm fine with it. But again, I, Star Trek was about the storylines they tell, the human condition in the future. That sort of thing. This doesn't look like it's going to meet that at all. So it's going to. Mm. I feel like it's going to be some other action fest, and they're going to miss the mark. Um, again, I hope the dialogue is not as bad as what we saw in that trailer because that was just garbage. Oh, it was bad. Oh, it was bad. It's as good as what do you Jeff's think, Mr. Black? As somebody who has game. literally zero investment in Star Trek, like That's almost less than zero. That's not true. Well, That's not true. Well, I thought. I, 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 I thought. I, so what, I do, what really did you take on enjoy, it? Might not be a hardcore I Trekkie, really but I enjoy it. the films. Uh, well, I mean, TV show deal. wise, yeah. Well, I mean, I listen. I I'm 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 a Star Wars guy, and right. I can be. I, I can still enjoy Star Trek and absolutely, and, uh, and 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 enjoy Star Wars. Um, I just think that the story is more compelling in Star Wars. I think the lore is more compelling. I think the characters are more compelling. Um, I. Th- you know, I and not to say. Uh, listen, I'll watch Star Trek. I'll, 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 I'll check it out. I really will. And it looks. You know, I, I think Star Trek is a much better TV show. It has potential to be much better of a TV show than what Star Wars could ever be. I think that Star Wars is a cinematic event. Um, I think it plays m- m- much more, much better on the big screen. Although the Star Trek movies are nothing to frown about. Uh, I really enjoyed them. I, I think the cast is great. Mm-hmm. The directing was great. It looked wonderful. Um, so I have a lot of fun with those, and I go out and see them on release every time. In terms of the TV show, um, I, I there's something about the Star Trek TV show that just rubs me off the wrong way. I tried to get into it. I've tried, you know, Deep Space Nine and all these other things, and there are. There's enjoyment to them. I can see why people like it, but I almost feel as though Star Trek has got some kind of stink up their ass. It's it's almost like they're 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 this this. Uh, it's like it's almost like a like a white horse type thing. It's almost like they think they're they're smarter than than every other sci-fi. They think that they're um, more intelligent than any other sci-fi, and that may have been the case before, but. I, they haven't made a they good haven't series raised in a long their time, level. Though. They haven't they haven't elevated themselves uh, as a, a brand series in what like ten years. Yeah, I, I I just I feel as though that may have been the case back then. That may have been a good argument. You know, Star Wars are for for people that just you know want to go and feel good and 
Yeah, it's boom, boom, and that's the show. You know, Star Trek well, is more in is, depth. There's more. There's more thought provoking. There's more. There, you know, and I get that, but I'm just not meh. And before you go, panic because I'm not done yet. Before you <laughs> go, I also want to say that I am sick and tired because I, I watched the trailer. Oh, I am I sick and tired of of these female of these <laughs> female infested TV shows that are just so driven by female characters. <laughs> It hurts me. And I'm not, listen, you guys can call me chauvinistic. You can do, I don't give a shit. All right. And I'm feeling the same way about Star Wars. Listen, I'm all for strong powered women and, and movies and shows. But when I'm looking at Star Trek here and I'm seeing the whole crew and I'm seeing like four women there, I just don't give a fuck because it, I like, if I don't care, I don't care about the, 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 I want characters I can relate to, and I'm I'm not saying. I'm, listen, can you no not way. relate to a strong, independent black woman, Jeff? No, no, <laughs> I, and, and and I don't want to relate to one. And listen, I'm all for I'm all for having strong women in movies and shows, and it's great. They add something to it, and it they they in fact there's shows where they make it. Look at Game of Thrones. I mean. Pretty much women run the damn show, and there's phenomenal women characters. But I think that there's some weird trend going on. I know that there's a weird trend going on where people are rebooting movies, all with women. Uh, and and to be honest, they're not doing very well. Uh, and they're also now shoving more of this girl power. It's like they're 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 trying to to hit this this women demographic. Uh, and uh, and I get it. But man, when I see every fucking character, almost a woman, it's like I feel as though I'm I'm getting an inject of uh, of of estrogen the moment I watch the show. Like, give me some, give me some men in the show, and 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 have your women. But Jesus, okay. I, I, I'm so I, that's where I'm at, and I'm and I'm wording right. it in a way that people are gonna be like, dude, you know, blah blah blah. I'm just I'm tired of it. I'm fucking tired of it. I want to. I think how I, I think feel. okay so I I feel I am on board with, with you his feelings to a degree okay so with this whole thing I think we talked about this before when we talked about Ghostbusters weeks and weeks and weeks ago um they went too far yeah the there's a difference between having strong leading female roles whether it's the star of the show or otherwise Yep. Uh, and then doing it for the sake of having females in every role um, to hit the female, you know, the train that the world seems to I'm be on. For. Right. Yeah. There. It's not. It's not that. It's. It's not that. You know. For me, anyway. I. There could be an entire show of fucking women. I don't give a shit. Uh, if it makes sense. If if it yep. feels like they're not forcing it. If it feels like they're writing it all in just so that they have a higher percentage female demographic on the show uh, so that they can say, look at us, we have all these strong female roles on our show, um, great. And I feel bad for, for, for TV shows and movies that are trying to do it legitimately 
uh, and get lumped in with this whole thing because uh, it's hard not to want to paint everybody with the same brush because there is a trend that's happening right now. And obviously it has to start somewhere because let's be fucking honest, it's not like guys haven't had the fucking spotlight for a fucking hundred years almost of film at this point. It's been dudes, dudes, sausage fest, sausage fest, occasional women, blah, whatever, but it's usually dudes that are writers, directors, producers, stars, co-stars, and then every once in a while you get like... Uh, a woman that comes up and then and then even be- and because it's so rare people are still going yes a woman is finally doing something of value in film or tv and oh my god uh so you know it has to start somewhere and does a lot of the stuff that's happening right now feel ham-fisted and fucking forced absolutely yes. uh yes. but i i I didn't see that necessarily with the Star Trek trailer. Wow! There How were did a you lot not of, there, see that? Man. There, you didn't there see were that? a lot of there were a lot of of women going on there, but I didn't I didn't feel like it was another Ghostbusters. And I need to see more than just a single trailer before I feel yeah, like Star Trek fair. Discovery is a feminist romp. Like uh, like I, I I need to see more than just the the one trailer. I'm I'm okay with leading Star Trek females because my favorite Star Trek is Janeway, and Janeway wasn't forced. Janeway was just fucking done really well, and she's my favorite captain out of all, all the uh, of all the captains. Um, so you know I'm I'm okay with that, but I, I agree there's a trend. It's not always a positive one because the the underlying concept of the far. trend is positive, but the the way in which they're getting there is questionable. <laughs> in terms yeah. of in terms of it's forcing being shoved the, the down point. your throat it, it yeah. you know the 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 my main issue and guys don't i don't want you i don't want people out there listening to think i'm against women uh, a women driven show or movie I, i'm that is not the case i mean i really like orange is the new black i love the game of thrones my favorite game of thrones characters are female um besides john snow i mean i love me some john snow but um <laughs> You know, there's no a problem. lot of movies and no TV problem. shows out there that are female driven. You know, Jessica Jones, you know, a lot of it is great. But I feel as though it's like a show like this that it was just force feeding women at me every second. The only dudes I was seeing in there were like alien guys. And 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 it's OK, I guess. But that's what I see. And I feel as though they can't just give us a strong character, a female character, a captain. I don't care. Um but I don't need I don't need her and her her girlfriends there uh, all, all all just chilling beside each other. You know, give a give a if a, if a man wants to be a, a side uh, a character like you know a co star or whatever, I'm totally fine with that. But I just don't. I feel like they're just targeting my wife. I feel as though they're paying. They they know that they can pay actresses a lot less money than what they will have to pay a male actor, which again is a problem in Hollywood. Period. Uh, and I feel as though it's never just a little bit, you know, Game of Thrones does it so well. There's there's a the, 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 the female characters are strong for a reason. And I feel like they're just trying to force feed character females at at me. And I don't like that. I just don't like it. And you're right, Adam. The movies have been uh, male driven, but it hasn't really changed the the people that are going to the movies. I mean, females like men, too. So females go to the movies and watch shows because there's a hot dude uh, that looks great and it's easy on the eyes. 
Uh, and and also there was a a, a poll that I was reading uh, and and looking into where they were asking, does it make a difference if if it's a female driven movie? And yes, of course, there are females there that are like, yeah, yeah, I love to, I love the fact that females are just running the shit and stuff like that. But the majority of people don't really care. And there's actually females out there that are annoyed with how much females they're chucking at you because it doesn't come natural. It doesn't feel yeah. like it should just in, be in, in put in. Yeah, it just feels like it's being thrown at you. So I got that feeling with Star Trek. I'm going to check it out. I think Star Trek is going to be a good show. I think it'll be it'll be serviceable. Um well, but I don't get excited like I do TV. for Star Wars or anything like that. So it that is was, what yeah, it that's is. That's the next that's the next pit stop we have here, Jeffrey. You aren't going to watch it. You want to know why mm-hmm. you're not going to watch it? Why? not on tv because cbs is going to make you pay for it on their cbs all access online pass oh okay so um <laughs> so let me just go back let me just go back and redo here that whole thing and, and just 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 re redo it okay so not only does it feel like i'm at the motherfucking girls changing room when i'm both to when i'm watching a star trek trailer which already doesn't intrigue me at all because I really don't want to hear about women issues on on Star Trek and and the aliens that they have feelings for. All right, I don't uh-huh. give a shit. All right, mm-hmm. so not only is it do I have to listen to that, but on top mm. of it, I gotta pay. I gotta go out of yeah. my pocket and I gotta yeah. pay for a CBS service. How much are they charging for that panic in in U.S. dollarinos? Do you know? Oh hell's no! I have no idea. I have no idea. No, unless it, it better be free ninety nine. All right, because if it's not free ninety nine, I'm not going. I'm not. Go, I'm not paying a cent. I can I'm not even like CBS is trying to pull an HBO, but not having any of the clout that HBO has whatsoever. And then they're probably going to try and charge like nine ninety nine a month or some shit Dude, like that. Guaranteed. The, the biggest. The biggest person on that show is the black chick from Walking Dead. All right, yeah. and I think her name's like Shaniqua. I shit you not. I actually think her name's Shaniqua. All right. That's like the biggest star they have on the show. A side character from The Walking Dead. No, Michelle Yeoh nope. is pretty big. Who? Yeah, Michelle. Yeah, this Michelle. Oh, the uh, girl from her? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. What has she done in recent years? Oh, I guess she was in Guardians of the Galaxy. She made an, appear- uh, 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 an appearance there. So we'll give her that. But still, right. regardless, CBS is Regard- not going to get it. There, you know what's going to happen? There's, you know what's going to happen? For a very short window of time, Star Trek Discovery is going to be the most pirated TV show on the planet. Yeah, and then and then it's going to fail because they're not going to make any money. And then it's going to get canceled after one season. Because they're not just putting the fucking thing on TV. You can't do that shit. Like, what the fuck? CBS, come on now. Man, why? That, what else are you going to get for CBS we'll All get Access? Just, I mean, it doesn't even have to be on Netflix, but I mean, CBS, you got to know your fucking place. You're not, you're, you're not HBO. You're not Netflix. You, you don't have anything else going on that people want to pay monthly to you're watch. You're not Star Wars. You're not no. Star Wars. But I don't. Star Wars could that. do this. Star Wars could do this. To, Star Trek. I can't. think. Well, sure. Well, uh, they're trying to. They're. Uh, they're trying to make Star Trek. Uh, Budget HBO. They're trying to make Star That's Trek. Trying to do. Well, well, that, but they're trying to make it. Uh, give the this be their window to try and attempt to be HBO. I think this is going to be their pilot to can CBS make shows like HBO and charge in a premium above a regular cable package 
to, for people to actually pay for it. The problem is here, you might want to start with more than one fucking program before you actually go out and do that because people aren't going to really... I mean, I'm sure the people are going to, obviously. There's going to be a, a, a section of people that do it. But holy crap, is this ever going to be pirated to all sweet fuck and then they're going to complain about it and everybody's going to go, well, what did you fucking expect? Like, really? What did you expect? I'm just so pirate, excited about this show now. Like, there was like if, a little if, glimmer if of me pirate, just... If people pirate HBO, and HBO has fire, they have so many good <laughs> fucking shows, and if people yeah. are pirating HBO shit, what do you think a- it's CBS is going to fucking pull I didn't even down. know they had a fucking thing to pay for. They didn't, didn't until now. Exists. This is like their oh. first fucking thrust, oh. right? I'm still not going to know about it, yeah. No, you're not. So anyway, get fucked, anyway. CBS. Well, I just feel I'm, like we wasted a solid 20 minutes. Talking about feel, something now that's irrelevant because ain't nobody paying for that shit. <laughs> Some hardcore Trekkies will pay for that, and then that, that'll um, be I the might show. actually pay for it just to watch it. Like I, I might just because I'm a Star Trek guy and I need to know how bad this is so that I can finally put the hey, franchise Jeff. to rest in my mind. Jeff, I have a question for you. I got a question for you. Do you have a spare a spare eye patch? <laughs> a spare eye patch. Yeah, you got one for Yarr. me. No. I don't, no, I, don't I need, you to, I need you to procure a, a, an eye patch for me, and and maybe this will sink. If you don't get this joke, I need you to just okay. sit on it for the next five minutes, okay. and then when it will come back, let me know when it hits you. All right, okay. Let me know when it, when it hits you. Until right. it hits you, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure both of you gentlemen have. Um, I, 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 I listen, Adam. I, yeah. I, Panic and I have been dealing with this Zencaster shit for the last 20 minutes without telling you anything, but I, if if we sit here for another 20 minutes and talk about Guardians of the Galaxy while listening to the shit, do your Is shit my pop? voice really fucked up oh, again? Oh, it's, it's gotten worse. It's beautiful. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's literally gotten worse. Do you, do you want to sit silently while Jeff and I discuss Guardians of the Galaxy and our fan love for it? You guys do that. Go for it. And then I'll just right. interject my. I, I have almost nothing to say anyway. So you guys okay, just good. you just do 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 you, and then at the end of that, before we do t- you know tech support, then I'll do the refresh. Okay. So you guys right. you guys go for it. You can have dance fun. a bit on camera for the for the viewers. Have have fun. I believe in you. <laughs> hey, go get them. Go tired. go ahead, go ahead, Panic. Go ahead. Uh, Guardians um, of the Galaxy Volume Two. Do you like it? Uh yeah. Um, I don't know if I liked it more than the first one. Um, the first one just kind of again I had, did had no expectations when I went in, so it was phenomenal. Um, I had some expectation for the second one. Um, I wasn't disappointed in any way, shape, or form. The movie, I really enjoyed it. It was a good movie. Um, I just don't know if it was better than the first one. I, I, I've tried thinking about it through a bunch of different ways. I just can't come to a decision on it. Um, mm. I will say, um, I'm, I'm going to ask you first before I go into it, but I'm going to say who is your favorite character in the show, in, in the entire movie for this one? Because I feel like they gave each character was fleshed out so yeah. much more, and they seem more dimensional than the first movie. Uh, um, I just felt like I, I I enjoyed it a lot more just from the character development side of things. Does the last name rhyme with barista? No, you know what, Drax Drax was really really fun, and I really, uh, I really like what they did with the character. But I'm gonna have to go with uh, with Yondu. Uh, I think oh, his, I think, choice. I think he really, um, Michael Roker just absolutely murders this role. Yep. I think he stole the show. Um, he has some of the funniest lines. 
the character development on that character was absolutely phenomenal. Um, everyone just seemed brought, a lot more comfortable in their roles in this movie. Like everyone seemed a little stiff in the first one, like they were playing yeah. a role. This one actually felt like they were their characters and they were like really into it, and they felt a lot more looser and natural overall, which I think helped the yeah, movie a and, great deal. And and um, and I have to I have to take my hat off to Chris Pratt as well, who uh, for the longest time probably since the beginning of Guardians, the first Guardians. I was always excited about it. I thought I, I loved Guardians of the Galaxy. The first one was absolutely incredible, and I'll get into my thoughts on the second one. Chris Pratt became a movie star when when Guardians came out, and then he went and did he, he did a couple of other movies, and, and same with, I mean, I shouldn't even say that lightly. He went and did Jurassic World, which is like the second biggest grossing movie franchise, like ever. Yeah. Um, that, that franchise is now massive. He is a superstar now. He's an A-list actor. But what I loved about somebody like Chris Pratt is he really allowed the other characters in the movie to shine. He didn't over, he, you could tell that they are a legitimate group of not only actors and actresses, but a family. I hate to use that word because ever since Fast and the Furious, but they really – and that's kind of the whole theme of this movie was family, and we learned a lot about the characters. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil anything, guys, but um, I feel like Chris Pratt not only was – he wasn't technically the star of the movie. He allowed everyone else to be the star. I think the whole team it was, was a true ensemble. Of, of, it was a true ensemble. It really was, but yet he was still like a little bit – he still came off like it was he's the show like he still came off like he's the star of the movie because it was kind of around him. But he allowed everybody to do their thing and and everybody had their moment. So everyone to speak. had a I lot wish, of screen time. I wish Drax uh, had a little bit more because they started to get into it a little bit and then it kind of stopped. Um, but Yondu is absolutely by far not only is he the coolest looking uh, guy, in my opinion, uh, his storyline and the whole I'm, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to spoil anything, but just everything from start to end. He when when his character came in, it almost became his show uh, to an extent. And I, I absolutely loved it. I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and I'm going to throw this out here, guys. And I have to watch it again and I will. But I think Guardians of the Galaxy Galaxy 2 was the most fun I've had in any Marvel movie oh, yeah. ever. Ever. And that is huge considering, I mean, it's Even not as good general, of a movie, super fun movie technically as the first one. It's not a good of a movie as Civil War. It's not, you know, in terms of the package, you know, beginning, middle, end. Um, it, but what Guardians does well is it is the perfect embodiment of what a summer blockbuster shove popcorn in your face. Good ass time. From the soundtrack to the characters, uh, even though some of the story was wishy-washy, some of the characters, I, a couple of them I didn't really care about, the sisters or, you know, some of that stuff felt a little forced. Um, although I can overlook all of it because at the end of the day, I laughed more in that movie than I did any comedy in the last three years. I had so much fun. And I just want to see more. I think this is the perfect second movie in a franchise. Now, the third one, I don't want the same as the second one. 
but the second one is perfect for a second. And I think once we get all three, we're going to really appreciate the second movie <laughs> even more. The thing I loved about the second movie and in general is um, in Guardians franchise in general, um, without being like Deadpool, they knew that, yeah, they had some serious plots and stuff. But whenever the movie felt itself getting too serious, they made fun of themselves in some unexpected exactly. yet hilarious yeah. way. There'll be a lot of times yeah. I'd be like, oh, my God, that I'd literally just bust out laughing. Like James yeah. Gunn kind of mastered that with the movie. It's like, oh, man, this is really intense. It's here. Oh, my <laughs> and you're just cracking up. It's just like they, fun. They really it's captured just, it. Yeah. I was, and like, there they was didn't like take three it scenes seriously. where I was gut busting out loud laughter. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the, the real deal. Sometimes you'll yeah, watch a movie in the laughs. theater and it'll be funny. You'll be like, you're like, <laughs> all right, that was funny. Or, or you're, you always got kind of this like smile on your face and you're you're just kind of waiting to to it's almost like watching a sitcom and they've got the laugh track on in the background you're kind of you're forcing yourself to have a good time i didn't have to do that with with with, with guardians of the galaxy it volume forced. 2 it was it was not forced it i mean even a movie like deadpool a lot of the jokes are hella forced i mean they are it they are throwing jokes at you every 2 seconds and and a lot of them work and it's funny but a lot of them fall flat and there were a few jokes in the movie that fell flat, but for the most part, it was just a smile on your face. And unlike Suicide Squad, this group of people actually interact with each other, and it's the interaction that really brings out all of the laughter. And that's something that a lot of these team-type movies, whether it's The Avengers, whether it's uh, Suicide Squad, Guardians of the Galaxy... Guardians does the team aspect the best out of any of them. Sure, Avengers, you've got the big fucking Hulk. You've got Thor. You've got Iron Man. You've got these Captain America. You've got these big personalities. But they don't feel much as a team. No, they don't. They still they feel like, hey, we've got Iron Man in Spider Man, and we, you know, and, and they it's, it's Iron Man. They're and doing team. their own thing, and they're they're fighting for screen time, and 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 fucking uh, 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 Iron Man. Uh, what's his face? Robert Downey Jr. The biggest, the, yeah, Robert Downey. You've got Robert Downey there going, I'm the star of the show, guys. You know, uh, you know, it's the Robert Downey show. And, and that's cool. And it works. And it's fun. But with Guardians, it is just fun. Ain't nobody trying to outdo anybody. People, it's almost like they're sitting there trying to make each other laugh on set. It's just a fun fucking time. And Guardians of the Galaxy is by far the best ensemble of characters that we have seen on screen uh, in terms of just having fun and it being a, a comic book movie, thumbs up, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, run out and see it. Is it better than the first one as a movie? No, I don't think so. But is it more fun? Absolutely. I think it's way more fun. I'm going to say my favorite character was actually Drax, um, and I disagree with you that they didn't give him enough screen time. Um, he didn't have a lot in the first one, and he had a couple of set pieces in the first one, but he didn't really have a lot of character development, and I feel like they didn't want to like give him too much. They didn't want to like go too far, because you know you have to consume all like the character development from all the other characters, so I feel like mm -hmm. they gave him a good amount of growth in this movie. They added a lot more dimension to him, and they kind of really fleshed out that. And it seemed like um, Bautista was just a lot more comfortable in the role I, as well. So I feel I like they didn't want to go too far with it. I got to rebuttal you a little bit. I agree okay. that Batista. it's almost like the guy took some acting classes. I don't know yeah. what he did, 
but he came in and he fucking crushed this he role. It. He was he was funnier. Uh, there was that one scene in particular. Obviously, no spoilers. You know what scene I'm talking about? Um, where he 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 it gets into a story a little bit, but yeah. that's it. That there 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 really was no I, I there was really no massive character development. But I think Batista was more of the development. I think he yeah that's what I mean. They gave him the personality the, and the growth as like just what they saw. Yeah, they didn't give him a lot of the story great. depth. He but they yep, gave him his more lines presence. Were great. I agree, but in terms of uh, how much time they gave all the other characters and their backstories and and the screen time, although Drax got a lot of screen time and it was great seeing him do his thing, I wanted to see more. And when he gave us that really awesome scene where I was like, holy shit, Dave, Dave Batista can motherfucking act. And then it just stopped. I was like, no, I, I, I'm sure I, there's I, I something we in the director's cut. I'm sure there's I more. hope so. I hope so, but I loved it, guys. Anyway, I, I, I go watch Guardians. I I enjoyed it. If I had to give it a watch score it at out least of ten, once, if not twice, I'm giving it a nine out of ten in terms of movie experience, and I'll give it an eight out of ten in terms of it like being an actually good, coherent movie. The main uh, the main conflict in the story was a little wishy washy for me. It felt it it had its moments. Um, but it even had a little bit of that. I hate to say it even had like a little bit of a man of steel uh, feel really to it at one times. point that I was like, eh, a little bit too much CGI, a little bit too much of this. But overall, man, the jokes made it. The dialogue made it. The characters made it awesome. Loved it. Loved it. Adam, go see it. It's good. I'm, I, I do. I, I plan on I plan on seeing it and I want to see I'm happy I'm not going to talk too much so you guys don't cry on the other end of this line right now, but I'm happy that um, Batista got more shine in this mm. from what you guys are saying, and I'm yep. happier that he used it well. Him. Yeah, to the point where now I'm 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 hoping that once this Guardians run is kind of whatever, that we maybe see Batista show up in some other movies oh, in in will, big though. in big roles. Because he just seems like such a great guy, and he seems to be doing a better and better job with his acting. Dave Batista, um, yeah, Fast nine. and and Batista. listen, he, there, it's not like he's full of dialogue here, so I don't really know. You know, he may have just crushed a couple of scenes really well, but at least but I know it's not easy to do, do a role it. like that where you can't talk but still do you know what he did with the character, right? He he's 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 a he's definitely got some comedic chops. I tell you that, man, he has oh, got yeah. some comedic oh, chops. Hilarious, and. I, I think Dave Bautista, I, I don't ever think he'll be a movie star in terms of him being a solo movie star. I think he's always going to be a great supporting actor. But since we talked about it earlier, I think he would serve himself very well on a hot HBO or Netflix series. And I think he could run that shit and own that shit and people would get excited about it. And having him in a, in a show like Game of Thrones or The Witcher or something like that where you can bring in this big brawly fucking character that is no that has notoriety be like the that has a huge thing. fan base I think Dave Batista has a potential to be a silver a small screen uh star than what he will be a movie star because I still think he needs that direction he still needs an actor or an actress that is above him and not only in terms of acting talent but just as as star power, but I think Dave Batista is on his track to do. I think he's going to have a long, great career in acting, um, along with John Cena. I think John Cena is going to be 
is going to do some 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 big things too because that guy is also very very funny very funny mm. oh uh, yeah absolutely uh, wrestlers just i mean you have to be able to, to you have to you have to have timing in in your act as a wrestler so it almost makes sense that some of these guys just seem to have like a good base uh, for this kind of thing. I'm going to swap uh, rooms real quick before we head on into uh, into tech support. So, gentlemen, prep your questions while I'm doing this, and I'll be right back. All right. I'm back. Well, that was quick. So, well, that was quick. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, tech support, ladies and gentlemen. I only got this out this afternoon because I literally forgot about it uh, until somebody tweeted me out and was like, hey, but how many, so how many questions did we get? Oh, there's 17. Oh, okay. So we it didn't hurt yeah. at all. We got a good amount. No, so it's good. People didn't work. <laughs> okay, that's great. That's that's fantastic. Great participation with the tech support stuff, by the way, guys. You've been awesome with these questions. So mm-hmm. uh, good work on that. So Panic, I believe, already has his. So I'll let I'll let Panic go uh, go first on this, and then Jeff can can uh, browse a bit longer. So what do you what do you got, Panic? Um, I've got a question from – I'm going to butcher your last name. I really apologize. Um, it's from David Nieve. Um, he's one of our $10 supporters. Um, so thank you for that, David. Um, so the question he put in was, as soon as this reloads back uh, – lost it one sec. Boom. It's the very right, first so, one. Yeah. He says, so since last week, you guys went all philosophy and conspiracies and shit. Do you think the colors you see are the same colors other people see? For example, is Adam's green the same as Tabin's and Jeff's green? And we just learned to call them the same color. Maybe if I saw through Jeff's eyes, his red is what I call blue, or Tabin's orange is what I'd call red. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, yes. It's just that everybody has a different uh, level of how wide a range of color they can perceive. So, while my red is probably different than Panic's red, it is still in the neighborhood of red. It's it's unlikely that unless one of us is colorblind, that my red is, you know, Panic's yellow or some shit. Like, it, it's unlikely... That that's the, that's the, you know that that's the case. I see where they're going with that. I mean, it would be similar yeah. to the whole you know is what I taste in food or how my yeah. brain registers what does chicken taste like. Is that the same as how you know somebody else's brain registers what chicken tastes like? Uh, and maybe that's why everything just tastes like chicken. But like I I would say that everybody does see unless colorblind, you know, does see the same colors. It's just that what you know, how wide a range or what you know v- version of that color we see is based more on uh our uh, you know ability more than anything um personally myself um I, yeah i'm in a similar camp to adams um from a more scientific perspective to me color is just different wavelengths of light that you see and you know different frequencies um and to me yeah it might look different but it would it would be weird to me then because the aesthetics of what someone else sees will be totally different than others. And then for me as a photographer, I deal a lot with color. I literally have like a color calibrator on my desk that I use on my monitor every couple of weeks um, to make sure that the colors are like, you know, what I'm expecting to see when I'm taking a picture. And, you know, people say the same thing when they see the photo. Oh, there's this vibrance in this color. And, you know, it matches up too much for me to like 
believe that they're seeing something completely different color-wise because then it changes the aesthetics of everything, and it would be kind of weird that everyone's got this, like, shared aesthetic sense, but they're actually seeing kind of a totally different thing, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I am... I, I can't rebuttal this much as I want to argue with you guys. I, 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 I have to. <laughs> I have like, to. I sometimes I just try and take the other side just, just to is get conversation going. Is it blue or gold, going, Jeff? I, is it blue yeah. or gold? That's the real like, question. I, I think color is color. Um, obviously, it may look different in different eyes. Sorry, David. But I think there there probably isn't a big enough of a difference to warrant calling it another color. Uh, there's different shades of blue, different shades of green and and things like that but at the end of the day it's blue and green or what we call blue and green i mean to uh an alien or something they may not even see color so color may not even exist to them um or or they may their eyes may uh what is blue to them they may only see as gold um i i don't know or maybe they actually see the wavelengths I, i i don't know but at the end of the day i think for us it is just it is what it is. It's roughly the blue same. is blue, yeah. green is green, and unless you are colorblind, then you know you're shit of luck, I, I suppose. If you're not going to be able to see the color, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't really add much right. more to it. What do you right. What do you got for a question, Mister Black? Um, oh man, there's not much there that really interests me, to be honest. Uh, I guess. Uh, I guess I guess just to kind of get Adam's view on this a little bit more, uh, and I guess I can do the same. The world is not with, flat, Jeff. Yeah, no, we're not going to go there again. Um, we have got I a ten dollar uh, supporter, Mark uh, Blink Blinkhorn. Blinkhorn, uh, that's has, our that's our editor. Oh, well, there Marky you go, Mark. Mark. Yeah, Marky Mark, who is a ten dollar supporter and has been doing it now for two months. So shout outs uh, to Mark. He said, "Do reviewers need to one hundred percent games to provide a review? Do they need to finish <laughs> a game to provide a review? What constitute what constitutes an informed amount of play suitable for someone to review a game?" Uh, I wanted to bring this one up because, well, none of the other ones are really overly interesting. And since Adam does game reviews and he has Mm. not finished certain games and have done reviews Mm. and uh, I do movie reviews, uh, which are kind of the same thing, reviewing an experience. Yeah. And there you go. Um, I guess we'll start with Adam. Now, I'm going to just flat out and say I don't believe you have to 100 percent a game. That's just ludicrous. I think that's only for certain people that are perfectionists. But in terms of well, like I think he means I think he game, means like fi- finishing like the main the main part of the game, I think. Yes, and I yes. know my audio is fucked and I can easily It's okay, swap we'll out. deal with it. We'll deal with it. Let's Give go, your let's answer. go with it. Go with it. All right. So, um yeah, I can just swap in pretty pretty quickly. We'll just do it this way and keep the keep the flow going. So, this is actually for me uh a, like a Tumblrina trigger uh question. Because uh, recently, I just finished uh, the review for Nair Automata. Um, and the, that game itself sparked a huge amount of controversy around this exact question for reviewers everywhere for this game. Uh, because the premise of Nier Automata is that um, there are 
a lot of different endings to this thing. There's 26 of them, in fact. Five of which are what is considered the main storyline, and then 21 of them are kind of joke, jokey kind of flavor endings that you can get along the way, depending on, you know, if you hit the right trigger to make it happen uh, type deal. You hit the credits every single time it happens, you get dumped back out to the screen, you load your game back up, and you start back from where you were, and onwards and onwards. Uh, the thing about Nier Automata was that the first two endings that you get, which constitutes anywhere from 15 to 30 hours, depending on how many side quests you do, are almost categorically identical, which means you do the same thing twice down to having a tutorial for how to save the game. Like, you, you go through everything twice. Um, that off-put a lot, or put off a lot of reviewers um, that didn't even, you know, make it too much further than finding that out, because at the end of the first ending, you get the full credits roll and everything happens, and then Square Enix has this message from their PR team that says, you know, we'd like to inform you that while you have finished one ending, this game has many, many endings, and we encourage you to go back and, and, uh, and play through them all. And then, so when you get this message, and it's actually, t you know, signed by Square Enix's PR team, that's what the, the ending of this thing is, and you get dumped back in, and then you're playing essentially the exact same game again, that, that's not a good look. And a lot of, a lot of reviewers just said, okay, I, I know what I'm getting here. This is literally the same fucking game. Well, Adam, uh, okay, I, I'm with you here, but you're doing a very extreme case. We're talking no, no, I know, just no, I know, regular but I'm just, ass game. Uh, no, no, I know, no, I, I get you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so there, there's gonna be a come around to this. So, um, I'll, I guess I'll, sp I'll speed it up. So, it may, I guess just for the sake of, of of this conversation's not being forever, uh, the ultimate, the ultimate thing here is that. Um, you absolutely do not need to finish a, a game to be able to review it. Uh, because everybody has a different perception, for example, of what they think is completing a game. Some people won't think that you've completed a game until not only you've done the main quest, but you've done all the side quests. Some people uh, might think that you won't finish the game until you've only completed the main quest. Uh, and then some of this depends on the genre, and in Nier Automata's case, depends on the game itself. Um, the reason why I say you don't need to do it is because... First of all, unless you're spoiling everything in a game when you're writing a review, uh, you don't need to know the minute details of absolutely everything story-wise in order to give your review. If after you've played a game, for example, for 10 to 15 hours, very seldomly will a game change your opinion of, of it after the first 10 to 15 hours. If you haven't hooked a player in that length of time, or a reviewer, you've given them a good example of what's going on here, it's unlikely to change in any appreciable way. Would it be nice if reviewers did it every single time? Yes. For a number of reasons, reviewers don't have sometimes the time to do that. If they get the game from a publisher and they have to turn this bad boy out inside of 48 hours and the game is 30 hours and some people like to eat shit and sleep, 
there's only so many hours in a day. They have to they have to take a road that says, all right, I'm going to complete as much of this game as I can. I'm going to play all the aspects of the game that I can in the time frame, I'm, frame that I'm given, and I'm going to give the most accurate review based on that information that I can. That Those reviews, while they aren't what some people will consider complete because they haven't completed the full game, are more than close enough to make a judgment call on a game. There have only been maybe two games in my entire life that I have been halfway or further into a game and then have the game completely fucking change my mind in the last quarter of a title. It basically never happens. In fact, usually it gets shittier towards the end. So if <laughs> if anything, a lot of games, and we've seen this more often than we've seen it not happen, reviewers are doing this and we're finding out that they haven't completed the games, but oftentimes the reviews are, are more positive because they haven't played the game for any length of time. They've only played it for so many hours. Breath of the Wild got this, where a lot of people only played the game for X amount of hours and gave it like a fucking 9.99999 out of 10, or 10 out of 10, or 12 out of 10, and then later on you'll see them on their social media and shit saying, you know, the longer I've played this game, this isn't as hot as I thought it was. It's it's just still a very good game, but we're talking like a 7 or an 8 now. We're not talking a 10 out of 10. This is not a masterpiece. This is just a very solid title. But it's just a part of the industry is part of the problem. And it's also this perception that people have that you have to, you know complete X amount of a game. Sometimes people want it to be 100%. And then the reason I brought up Nier is that because it is an extreme case, people kept moving the marker for reviewers. Be if a reviewer didn't give the game a 10 out of 10, the fandom for Nier Automata would move the marker a little bit further. So for me, when I was playing it on stream, I finished the first thing and I said, okay, guys, I know how many endings this game has. How many of them do I need to do to get the main story? They said five. Great. I said, okay, I'm going to make it my goal to try and do all five of these, these endings. I get into it. I do the first one. Great. I thought the first playthrough was pretty solid. It was okay. It was cheesy as fuck. I knew exactly how the story was going to end. I knew the character development, everything, because it was super ham-fisted and incredibly uh, predictable. Whatever. I was going to continue. Second playthrough happens. I literally just played the exact same game twice. 15 minutes <laughs> of the next 12 hours were different from the first time I played through the game. And that's because I, and that's me skipping through all the side quests, which were also identical to the first fucking playthrough. Once that was done and I got through this and I'm 30 ish hours deep and I get in and then the game finally fucking changes. I was like, I'm not, I'm fucking out of, this is, this is fucking garbage. I can't do, I can't believe somebody just made me play through this game twice, whatever. <laughs> but when I got through the second half of the game and I was done, I was like, I can't do this. They were like, all right, but you need to do this one now. And then I said, and then somebody in chat said, yeah, but it's not even that good until he does, until he does ending Y. And then somebody said, yeah, but then you also want to do like ending M. And it was like all these, and the, and the mark just kept fucking moving and moving and moving. It was like nobody was satisfied. It was like, and it was because I wasn't giving it a perfect score. So I, I think the problem <laughs> is that is that people misunderstand what reviews are. And Jeff, you've probably seen this with movie reviews, where people get really excited about certain games and movies. And as a reviewer, you're giving your opinion, which is hard for people to understand, is a subjective thing. 
Reviews are not objective in 98% of their capacity. There is a percentage of reviews that are objective. Like, if a game is completely fucking broken, the game is completely fucking broken. There's no- nobody can say, well, it's not broken, my save file totally got lost, but hey, the game is okay. Uh, that- that's objective. But as far as most reviews go, it's a subjective thing, and people can't get that out of their fucking minds. They want every reviewer to suck their game or their movie's dick, or their book, or whatever it is that they love, and if they don't, they'll go- they'll start poking prodding you. Like, so how- so, did you watch the whole thing? Did you play it? Did you- did you finish it 100%? Did you only do 70% of it? Did you watch the prequel? Did you watch the one that came before it? Did you see the original of that movie? Did you be able, were you, did you compare it? Did you read the book? Did you read the book? Because the books actually flesh out the rest of the thing. And so they just keep doing that shit. So that's my take I, on I, it. I, I don't I, think I, you I, have I, to at all. Okay. Well, I'll give you mine. Um, there's parts of that that I agree with. Um, especially the whole, you know, fandom of games. And that's just a whole different argument. Uh, that's just a whole other conversation on uh, what people want to hear. Uh, whether that's music, movies, whatever, um, you can you know talk until you're blue in the face about that. When it comes to reviewing video games, um, I agree. There are you know if you, if you if you can kind of get a feel of what the game is. I mean, if you're not really enjoying it after 10, 15 hours, chances are you're probably not going to enjoy it. But I think, and I'm saying this objectively, I. I think um, <laughs> um, I feel as though if you're if if it's your job to to sure. do a video game review, I think if you're if you if your literal job, you make money, yeah. you pay the bills mm-hmm. and you're reviewing games. I feel as though you have a duty to mm-hmm. beat the game. Uh, now, sure. does that mean does that mean you have to get 100%? No. And if there's anybody out there that's like, well, you didn't 100% this game, you didn't collect all the bananas in Donkey Kong. Well, you know, that's that's like that's like saying, well, you didn't go and buy the the you know, the box set of Lord of the Rings and watch all the extended footage. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. listen, there's a story, there's, you know, you're going to do the story and you're going to give your opinion on 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 the game. Listen, if there are reviews out there that want to be a completionist and they want to do that, by all means, that just adds to the review. I mean, that's just sure. another thing that you can add and give a little bit more legitimacy to your points. I feel as though if you're a game reviewer, you have to you have to suck it up. Now, I'm going to I'm going to kind of counter what you said a little bit where you said, "Well, you know, the majority of games out there, they're not going to change my opinion in the last act of the game." And you're pretty right. It's pretty rare. But I also think it's almost doing a disservice to the people that are listening to the review that you're going to make prejudgment that the game will not change or the experience will not change uh, and you're just going to write it off as they're well you know normally games don't change so i'm not going to play the rest of this because it's, well, it is what, what it is in, and so in the, in the very rare circumstances that i don't I think that's fine as long as the reviewer is upfront about the fact that they didn't. And that's finish. if, the, if and, you're writing it and th- pretending that you fucking yeah. did everything, that's shit. Yeah. But like, yeah. if you say, "Look, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't finish the shit. I went and read what the endings were and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't ex- experience whatever the fucking shit yeah. was in, in terms of how the game presented it." That's one thing. Then but that's if fine. You just, yeah. Then yeah. if you but if you put yeah. it off, that's a totally different problem. Yeah. Yeah, so so you know, I I I think that if you're a video game reviewer and you want to be a legit one and you want to be taken serious, I feel as though you have to play the game. 
It's, it's just that simple. Um, mm-hmm. And if you want to, you know, spin off the fact that you had to rage quit it and it was bad, then absolutely. You know, those reviews do well <laughs> as well, especially if the game is bad. People want to just jump on that bandwagon oh, yeah. and they want to, you know, hear you rage and, and stuff like that. And at least people know at that point, like the game was so bad that he, you know, he couldn't he couldn't do it anymore. The game is horrible. It's broken. It's garbage. Don't buy it. Um, then I get that. But if there's a story and you're not you're not completing the game, but yet you're going to come out and you're going to review the game as a whole, either you need to tell people up front that, hey, you know, me personally, I wasn't all that interested in the story. I gave it a good I gave it a good try. Um, I just it wasn't capturing my attention. I, I have a feeling that it's not going to change uh, and, 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 you know, word it in your own way. Uh, to make it entertaining and stuff, then I think that is definitely legitimate. But I feel as though if it's my if it's my duty, like a movie reviewer, you know, if I'm going to review a movie and the movie's shit, I'm going to just sit through it. I and I know that's another it. extreme because you know video games can be 30 hours and a movie it, it can be maybe three uh, on a really long movie. But if it's my job, you know, I'm paying the bills, then. That's just the luck. That's that's just unlucky draw. I feel as though I have to play the game, and I have to do it. Now, if it's horrible, like I said, you can kind of say that. So, I feel as if somebody's going to give a legitimate review of a game that they kind of need to experience the game, at least the story, uh, and then give their opinion through that. It's it's that's how I feel. But you know what? What about you, Panic? Um, for me. I have like a methodology for how I do it. Like if I know I'm reviewing a game, um, complete the core story, try some of the side quests, and then exercise any of the systems that they hyped up in the marketing. Um, Mm -hmm. So if they say, oh, we have this awesome crafting system, I'm going to try that out and exercise that. They say, oh, we have some pretty cool mini games in there. Like in The Witcher, they have like Gwent, which is like a card game. I'm going to play that and see how it works. Is it actually really cool or is it just some gimmick? If they're like, hey, we have procedurally generated planets that you can go everywhere and see completely random and amazing things all the time, sure as hell I'm going to try that out to see if they're actually delivering on stuff like that. So like, I go, for, I, I actually look at the marketing for the game that came out and I'll play the game's core, uh, core experience, test out some of the side stuff, and then I'm going to go after what they specifically marketed and then I'm going to play that stuff to check to make sure that are they overhyping their game? Because then I can go in my review and be like, hey, they talked about these sort of things. No, they really missed the mark. Or, hey, no, this was actually yeah. pretty awesome and I liked it. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, like with No Man's Sky. If you're going yeah, to them a bunch accountable. of different planets, you, know, you, can, you can go to a bunch of different planets and then kind of stop the moment that all the planets start to look the same. It's like, wow, yeah. you know, the, everything's uh, how the much same did I here. Get? Nothing's how really, things are changing but nothing's really changing. That was um, actually a problem for No Man's Sky was that some reviewers played the game for like 40 hours and didn't see a single green planet. All of the planets that they went to were just these barren fucking wastelands that all looked yeah. pretty much the same. And then when I played it, I, my first planet was this green. fucking utopian, incredible yeah. planet <laughs> And I saw snow planets, and I saw like like ocean planets, and all. I, yeah. I saw a bunch of crazy awesome stuff, 
And then, so obviously, that is going to dramatically fucking color yeah, somebody's perception of the game. And and again, there's a lot of a lot of people that are paid paid to do reviews, right? That they aren't like a live streamer like me or say Jimquisition or somebody like that that does this stuff uh, on an independent basis. You know, it's just like, you whatever. Know. Yeah, uh, You're not held at that actually, level of credibility. Where no. You know, but even then, like the point is, like they literally do. They give this stuff to somebody. Like I did freelance for like a very short period of time, where I worked for a couple of websites, and they literally just they, here's a game. All right, now here's the time that you have to get me a review. And there are some times, literally, where they will hand you a game where there it is physically impossible for you to complete the entire game, write the review. And get it in on that deadline. It literally does. It's not physically possible. So there are some unfortunate circumstances. Now, in some places, they're trying to change this up a bit with certain games like Destiny or other you know MMO things, where so many more games are getting MMO tendencies. I know I'm probably busted up oh. talking right now for you guys. Um, where um, whereby they do a review in pro in process where the review itself is quite extended and is over like a month or two months because yep. it takes that fucking long. Well, they should to, be calling these things and some companies do where they call it like a quick look or a first glance or something like yeah. that where they're upfront about, you know, having that much time. And like I don't think that's review. ever much of an issue. I don't really see that many people, you know, if IGN is given a game 24 hours before it gets released and they come out with, you know, a, a bullshit IGN score, which nobody gives a fuck about anyway or takes serious. But if they came out, there's not many people like, dude, you didn't finish the whole game overnight. Like, uh, you know, I'm not taking your word for it. Of course, you can get a feel of a game by playing it 10, 20 hours. But most of the time they are upfront about it. And I have listened to many reviews and they go, and although we haven't finished the story, you know, we are looking forward to continuing it and seeing where it goes. Or, you know, this is the first look of the first half or whatever the case may be. I think those reviews are fine because it's upfront on what the game is all about. So it really just depends on the type of review you're doing, if it's your job or your profession and how much, um, you know, how much in depth you want to get into your review. Uh, that that really says it. So I, I still believe that if you're a full-time reviewer and you're going to give your honest opinion about a game and you're not going to disclose that you haven't played the full game, you ought to you ought to play the full, full oh, game before you if get... if you don't yeah. disclose it. If you don't disclose it, sorry, yeah, disclose it. If you don't disclose that, then your legitimacy as a reviewer is kind of shit. Like, yeah. be honest. Because there, because there yeah. is something to be said about about not being able to finish a game as a reviewer, yep. right? Yeah. I think that's a review in itself. That's, look, guys, if you like my reviews and you line up usually with my opinions, my opinion of this is I physically Chances could are. not yeah. finish this game. Yep. So while I'm not giving that. you the whole thing here, I literally could not finish There's this a game, reason and why. I think that yeah. speaks enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I gave it a good uh, old college try, guys, but it was not. it was not flying. <laughs> It's not hashtag worth. So, uh, you know what else is not hashtag worth? Dragging this out any longer and fighting with Zencaster. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to wrap up another episode of Technical Alpha. Number 10, where we are still fighting the same technical issues that we have not been next week. since the first one. Not anymore. I'm tweeting That'll out right now. for next week. 
so uh, thank you as always for coming by and watching. Big thanks to uh, everybody on Patreon. Again, we're going to have our product coming out soon. We're going to be starting to send that stuff uh, out. Um, it, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel now. It is, it is, it is in process, and we're excited to get that out to you guys. Pictures and stuff included. Panic! You look like you have something you want to say. Oh no, I'm just very angrily tweeting. <laughs> oh, I love okay. you all. Uh, so that's that's your angry tweet face. I know that now. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so uh, so yeah. Thank you guys so much again. Uh, when you guys are hearing this, except for of course if you're on Twitch right now. Uh, you're going to be able to go on over to Patreon and watch the second edition of Retro Versus, where Jeff and I uh, really shittily play uh, super play action football. And let me tell you, there is some good stuff in that <laughs> oh, game. Oh, fuck. And you know, that video, I, I, I almost rage quit. I almost just want to stop playing it. It's that bad. <laughs> and then we, 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 we get over the hurdle, and then it becomes like a competitive football game and it you know it's good it's good it's good it's it's absolutely it's a riot so you guys will you guys will really enjoy that and uh and we appreciate the people that have gone and done the 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 five dollars to get access to that and we've had a lot of positive more positive than negative response uh to how we've been uh we've been dealing with the uh, the retroversa stuff so thank you so much um i'm going to read out our uh our fine patreon producers gentlemen because Yep. We always do that here at the end of the show. Uh, huge shout-outs from the top of a mountain, preferably in the voice of Celine Dion or Andrea Pacelli. Big thanks goes out to Beast All Kid for rocking it at the $1,000 Oof. tier. Bless you Oof. for I'm that. I'm not even going to be able to pay mortgage if he, if, he, if he bails out of that. I'm just going exactly. to have to. Everything's going to go tits up. We're going to have to retire early. Uh, Mr. Biagi, not to be fucked with at $250. Nope. Strong. He's waxing on. Month. Waxing straight month on. Month on month. He hasn't waxed off yet. He's just, he's still waxing on. It hasn't, the off hasn't happened yet. Uh, and also, big thanks to our $100 guys, Postal Panda, Draco, Adam B, Toad of Steel, Naley, J.A., Derek P., Jonathan A., Frycy, and Ice Wolfie. Uh, and if I've missed anyone this week, don't worry. Next week is the update day for this page. So your, your time is coming. Thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of Technical Alpha. We'll be back next week. Uh, same, same bat time, same bat channel, just not on Zencaster. So, so until then, <laughs> thank you once again and, uh, have a good one guys. Peace out. Oh, 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 oh,